Episode number 216. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is in the house. And not only is he in the house, we're at his house, the Casa de Cold Coffee. That's right. Y'all in my house. That's right. In and, the house. And we, oh, and by y'all. I was just saying, we say y'all because we got Oscar Willis from the Mac Life as well. What? Chilling on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. Windows this is what they call open. those collaborations. <laughs> YouTube says you you should do collaborations, so we do we collaborate. Collaborating. We collaborate. Vegas represent. We conversating. <laughs> we. I, I, Where did I your accent really come <laughs> from all of a sudden? Like, what is that? That's not Ohio. That would be the uh, purple sour drink. That's oh, man. Let's just give side. a shout-out to Latchkey Brewing right off the top. Anthony Beach sent us a beautiful care package this morning, and uh, we have been dipping into the uh, the beautiful Latchkey mm-hmm. beverages so far. We've already had the uh, – I'm going to butcher this. The Hasselhorf? Yeah, it's the Hasselhorf. The Hasselhusel that you have suggested maybe should be renamed Hasselhoff. Yeah, Hasselhoff because it's German and they love him. So, Anthony Beach, just a, just a thought. Just, just a, a thought. thought. The, David, the David Hasselhoff. All right, so we've had the Hasselhusel, which was a, a German pilsner, yes. We've also had the uh, the Monkey's Uncle, which is the 9% triple, which that's I think, probably I think that's, yeah, that's kind of what got <laughs> us going uh, to this point. We got the monkey so, off the back with that one. The Monkey's Uncle definitely got cold coffee uh, talking in, 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 tongues. in <laughs> tongues and accents. And right now, it's my jam, a uh, a fruited kettle sour. So, I mean, we're, we're just light, dark, running the gamut. I we're doing it. it all. I love this sour one. This sour one. I it's don't good. Know, I think... I think as I was younger and I liked craft beers, I don't think I would have liked sours right. as much as I like them now. I don't know if it's from different overseas trips or hanging out with different guys. Like, I really like sour beers now. I mean, granted, like, I can't do a whole night of sour right, beers right. No, because I think your palate would just fucking you, – you just walk around with a sour face all night long. But, like, this is really good. It's so refreshing to, like, switch it up. I think – like sour beers are like the perfect like palate cleanser. Well, I think you could have a dark beer and a light beer, and you have one of these, and you're just like, whoa, your mouth's completely like, give me something new now. Well, I was gonna say, I yes. drank the first two so quickly, and I can't even drink this very much without a sip. So this is the perfect slowdown yeah. for the pub <laughs> beer. That's <laughs> not. I, I shout out to Stephen Morocco, who was the first one. I, the first time I ever had a sour beer actually was with. Steve Morocco in the on the Portland craft beer scene, uh, but uh, yeah, Latchkey Brewing, man, Anthony Beach in San Diego, California. So, by the way, if you're in San Diego, make sure you uh, hit him up at the tap room out there, 1795 Hancock Street. Anthony Beach, big MMA fan, big supporter of the MMA Road Show. Uh, he's on Instagram too. He'll talk about MMA. So, yeah, shout Come out to Latchkey Brewing. Get that boy talking about some beer. Oh, uh, and uh, he'll educate you. He will. He will. He will spit <laughs> some lessons. He will spit you some info. He's literally the. I mean, he literally gets up every morning and picks all the ingredients and puts them in vats and does the. I mean, writes the recipes. He's Damn, the man. He should make like a beer one. One with beer infused. I want a cold coffee brew. Uh, Anthony, like work coffee, that up. A coffee like infused? a coffee infused. Uh, does, doesn't have to be a stout, coffee. but you can have some. Well, I am kind of stout, so maybe a cold coffee <laughs> stout. <laughs> and you drink it, it just leaves you kind of bitter. It yeah. <laughs> has a bitter aftertaste. <laughs> I'm sweet at first, but it's yeah, really bitter yeah, at the yeah. end. I was going to say, if there's a Morgan, is there a passive-aggressive flavor? I don't know. I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what you'd put in there. It's one that makes you think you're happy, but actually <laughs> later on you're not, you're not quite sure. Some, some jalapeno or chili peppers <laughs> in there. Oh, or man. All right, well, cool coffee. Let's talk about some Brazil, man. You were a uh, – you know, I, I thought I was a traveler. Man, you're the world traveler now, man. You were down in Rio de Janeiro last Rio. week, and uh, first of all, I get 
let's let's throw Much it out respect. there. Can we talk about security? Because you guys stayed in the same, same uh, the same hotel where everybody got Which is robbed. Crazy was it was it? They eerie? were like they were like, oh man, we're gonna have so much more security. I never actually saw. They didn't have the outside police presence like they had after the last time that we were there last year when the robbery happened. They legit had uh, police units in the. I guess you call it the the driveway of the area that were right next to the street. So if you were driving by, you would say, "Oh shit, I don't want to go there if oh, I'm up wow. to trouble," because you would literally so the little see turn off for presence. the kiosk or whatever right there. Yeah, there. as soon as you like turn off into the the hotel, or as you're like passing it, that little sort of um, it's a bike lane, driveway. right? right? You're talking about, you talking about that? No, on the it was side? actually on like the hotel property. Oh, okay, got it, got it. So like if as soon like. Uh, if you were walking on the main strip and you would try to walk on the property, there would have been like police vehicles or whatever. This time that most of the, the security is on the inside. Uh, it wasn't even like it was like a police president. It was just more uh, hotel staff. You could tell them they had like the, the suits and jackets, you know, and they weren't, they weren't picking up people's bags or any of that other shit. Like they were literally just there that if something happened, they would, you know, they were there, but we didn't have like an outside sort of presence, which surprised me because I thought there would be. Yeah. And I guess just a preface for anybody that yeah. doesn't know, it's yeah. a well-told story, but just in case anybody doesn't know last year, or yeah. last year yeah. uh, at the, the USC stayed at the exact same hotel, right. everybody was hanging out. You, you basically walk across the street to the beach where the hotel is. I mean, it's right there. You sit at a kiosk. It's beautiful. The waves Cabana, are rolling whatever in. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The waves are rolling in, man. Uh, you're on the beach and you, you have some cold beers for you know uh, a cheap you know sitting in a plastic chair i mean it's a, it's a great way to hang out except yeah. that everybody got robbed and they everybody came and robbed. stole everybody's phones their, right. their jewelry and it wasn't even that late it was about 11 i think 11 or so when the robbery and happened the, when the yeah. robbery was it, happened was it was it like a, a strong armed robbery or did they yeah just they, had, they had guns oh, i consider that strong. yeah, yeah i think yeah. three yeah. people right three people yeah, like three persons uh, yeah first yeah. person walked up and then like showed the gun in the waistband and then uh Two other guys came from different sides and had pistols and stuff. Can you stuff. imagine if someone came, showed you the gun in the waistband, and you went, wow, that's really something. That's really special. <laughs> well, thanks thanks well, so my, much for sharing. My See thing, you yeah, <laughs> just turned around thing, and you like, you know, it's easy to say what you would do. Like, I remember thinking that night, I was like, well, fuck, if it's in his waistband, I'm going to grab it out of his waistband. Get out of fuck you. That's what I'm thinking, because I know how long it takes. I'm a pretty good shot, but I know if somebody, I would never try to just show somebody my gun without my hand on right. it because that's fucking stupid that's right if you're gonna you know? show the gun isn't that the rule like if you're gonna show the gun if you're gonna to be show it yeah trigger. i mean you better be willing to do it and and it's one thing if you're actually pointing the the, the golden rule is like you know you never aim anywhere <laughs> where you're not willing to shoot it but if the gun's sitting in his fucking next to his dick what good is that going to do him, you know? I just imagine the headlines the next day. Man known as Cold Coffee slays three Brazilians. <laughs> <laughs> I would have at least. Well, the thing is, you know, now I was thinking, I was, well, why didn't somebody grab it? Because I'm, I'm thinking, like, there was a table full of fighters. Yeah. There's some dumbass Brazilian that most Brazilians, I would imagine, don't ever put up a fight. And if a guy came, wow. well, no, I'm just saying, like, I've watched videos. I mean, like, most Shout people. Shout out to Latchkey Brewing for today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying in general, but I'm just saying, like, most people, it's a part of uh, the culture. And when shit happens, they even say it here in the States. If somebody's come up to rob yeah, you, you half of them just, oh, like, just yeah, give yeah, them your yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, but if a guy comes up and he's like, oh, look at this. Most people don't want, don't act right. or don't whatever. But I'm thinking if I grab it, I guarantee one of the 10 other fucking dudes at the table are going to do yeah, something. Right. All I need to do is take that guy out of the equation, and somebody else does the other ones. Oh, no, I know the guy's like, I don't know the guy. I know, right? Well, that's how my thinking was. Like that night, I was like, thank God I wasn't there because I'd probably be dead at this point, you know. But that's where my head was. But when this time, um, 
everybody was nobody wanted to 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 go to the kiosk. Nobody to, uh, the cabana. I mean, but like even during the day, I don't even think they went over during daylight. Like the the rule was, or they kind of just told them, don't go there. Drink in the upstairs uh, hotel from the rooftop bar. Right. But it was fucking lame. It was so <laughs> lame up there. Me and uh, Fiasco went up there on one of the nights, and I mean, all the who's who's were there. You know, they're sitting around the pool and they're looking over, and it was a neat little view, but. It's a beautiful I think I, I I think I lasted like one drink and I was just like fiasco this sucks I was like dude I'm putting my my phone in my room I got cash let's just go to the fucking cabana and if they're gonna come they're gonna take what cash I have in my pocket I was like That's I it. don't care they're not gonna shoot us they just want money <laughs> give them the fucking money and then they're gone you know like I mean they're really hard on crime down there as well like so I mean like for people to go out and like strong arm robbery. The penalties are very, very strict. So most people oh, aren't Pope trying to come kill you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, most people right. yeah, most people aren't trying to do stupid shit. So like they want to come and take your money or whatever and get the fuck away. So like you give them something, they're gonna go. You know, I'm not worried about them saying, Oh, get in the car. Then, you know, whatever. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like then right, you go, I'm gonna fuck, die. I wish I'd said that. Then hotel. I'm like, we're gonna die right here. Yeah. This is where it's happening. But um so we just said fuck it and like the only night we really did it, like I went there a couple of times during the day, but on uh that Friday night when luckily the the fights don't happen till later, me and Fiasco just said fuck it. Let's just let's just fucking sit here. I want to sit by the beach one night and have a night of like having some beers. Right. And there were some other Brazilians there, and I think they finally left around two something. And I think it was around two thirty when I was like, "Wow, Albert, we're literally just two the only ones here." On the beach. I was like, "This is the time <laughs> when we're gonna get robbed." But if it happens, fuck it. I'm feeling no pain at this point. <laughs> And uh, and it never happened. It's like the robbers come out. It's like I'm so happy to see you. Know, <laughs> Waiting for you all night. We've been waiting. But then it was like Are you I the think. Same <laughs> last oh, last, do you remember last year? Oh God, I stop meeting you like this. And I think it was about four in the morning when uh you know we finished up and I was you know literally starting to do the fall asleep at the table. I was like okay, yeah, let's go back go. to the room. And uh, but it was wonderful. I mean, like it, it felt like. Uh, Times of the past. Granted, we didn't drink as hard because you weren't there. Sure. Albert Albert had figured out uh, – I'm sorry, Fiasco had figured out that they had gin at the thing. So I was oh, drinking wow. the big yeah. beers. He was drinking gins. And I think after about maybe six of the skulls, because they ran out of originals, after six of the big skulls, I was like, okay, I think I'm pretty good to go back and uh, Those are get the some sleep. bottles, by the way. Yeah, the big bottles. How, how, out of curiosity, how much is what a beer down there? Uh, those skulls were 13 Hayash, and the originals in Bahamas, Bohemia. Which is like three U.S. Yeah, were so like I was about to say, now three, yes, for, three, a, for a liter. For yeah, a just liter. a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Over three. I think it was three, three, something roughly four. Uh, a little bit under four, but I was kind of just in my head was going four it's, Brazilian dollars to one. It's so it's amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> even at first, I was like, "Wow, this is expensive. Fifteen hairs for this." I was like, "Oh wait, uh, yeah, oh, right, oh, never mind. It's not right so now. bad. It's not so bad. Four dollar beer, four dollar big beers, or whatever." But um, no, it was it was good. But I mean, people were very much uh, much more. Um, cautious about things and uh with with reason well, I mean, yeah wisely but so. even yeah. but even down there i mean even the brazilians i mean this is not just us being worried and being like oh dude, like she's yeah and even the staff the brazilians the locals you know the staff the hotel were just like be careful they're like you know go out and have fun but they're just like and eh, maybe at night don't whatever and they still got the same rule like at night they're like don't don't speak, speak English. English. Yeah, you know, really? like don't really go in big st- groups of 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 Don't be of loud. Americans. So don't stay around me. Yeah, I was about to say, surely as pasty as some yeah. of us. Yeah. Are. Well, I mean, I remember because I've been, we've been there. I remember in years in the past, even walking around with groups of Brazilians, and they didn't even want to speak out. 
they're like, it's better to just not bring attention to yourself when it's late night, Jesus. you know, so let alone have you a bunch of fucking foreigners coming speaking yeah. English, What's up, bro? walking through like, ah, man, blah, 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 because shit is, they are struggling. They are, have, they are under some, some hard times or they're just like, uh, oh, just don't give them the opportunity. But I don't know that one night we just got a little wild Actually. hair up our ass and just said, fuck it. You know, it's Friday night. I have, I've been in my hotel room working. 14 hour days was like let's go have some beers and gotta that was fun. as wild as we got you know <laughs> well, let me get your take because you were down there i mean we gotta gotta get into you know briefly the fights themselves i did want to ask about rose nami Yunus because uh the the reaction afterwards obviously incredibly intriguing right i mean yeah. the, the the post-fight interview where she yeah. says you know that's a, a weight off my shoulders and, and it is weird because john anik i think is one of those guys that, that talks about not speaking to people after they've been knocked out right. you know yeah, and, yeah. And, they, and they they made the decision to do it and that's okay i'm not i'm not faulting it for it she seemed like she was very with it you know and that sort of thing but right. she did let that leak out but i wanted to kind of ask you because you were around her all week right you you didn't i mean you guys had an interview with her uh at the open workouts there was the media day right. i mean you were with her all week i mean were you shocked by that at all? Or, or give me your take on it and give me what the media take was it on down there because I'll be honest, right now, like, it wouldn't so, – I, I think she's going to come back. She certainly yeah. is one of the best ones. I mean, that first round, yeah. she's looking like the uh, – dude, I picked Jessica Andrade, and that yeah. first round is playing out, and I'm like, I made the worst pick of all that. time. Like, I, I am so stupid because she yeah. looks so good. So, I think she – I think – I don't want to say should come back because that's every fighter's decision. But I think if she elects to come back, she can still beat. I mean, I think she could beat Jessica. Yeah. You know what I mean, she, she was be. beating. Yeah, her. I mean, she will. She will, she won't make that same. That exactly. was a, that was a mistake that finished that so, fight. So when know? she suggests that potentially she's not coming back, I mean, what was your take personally? Was everybody is is everybody like blown away or did it make sense based on what you saw all week? Just no. I mean, I I mean, all fight week. I know that uh, a lot of the media stuff that she was doing, she felt a lot of pressure from dealing with some of the stuff. In fact, our first interview that we were supposed to have with her, uh, they were moved off of her list because they were trying to lessen some of the stuff that she oh, had to do. Because right. they that's were, right. we they were, she had too yeah, much they were moving on, right? around and she wanted to kind of stay focused. So I, I know dealing with some of the fight week stuff, and she had an embedded crew around her. I know she's uh, been one that's been. She appreciates her privacy. I know she deals with the the fight week shit, but I don't think she really enjoys all the fight week stuff. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, she wanted to maybe get some of that pressure off her where she could just focus on being a martial artist, focus on just being Rose. Um, after it happened, um, I know I personally was still just sort of like, thank God that you're walking. Thank God that, you know, you're moving fine. When she said that her neck didn't hurt, you know, all that sort of stuff. I was, I was feeling relieved it's crazy because I talked about Brazil's the only country that I've really been to where the press actively don't give a fuck about acting like press people and they just root their fighters on. <laughs> it's crazy. Like they will literally they were depressed in the PR room and in, in Make the sure media you room. Check on the status of your visa the next time. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, unless they revoke it, unless they revoke it. But I mean, I think most Brazilians will will not argue with this fact that. I mean, you're supposed to, you know, for the most part, as a journalist, you're you're supposed to be somewhat non-biased when you're covering these things. I mean, I'm sure Irish media is another uh, is another aspect in English nah, media. Nah, nah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but um, they were actively they, every year I go down there, you know, and see it like they're actively cheering. They're, cre they're they they just openly applaud when a Brazilian fighter beats, especially like an American or any other country. I get it. I mean, they they're, they're avid fans from, of the Brazilians. From, from covering boxing, the Mexican fans. When I went to uh, oh, yeah. 
That's another one. Glove, the Mexican, Mexican exactly media, for sure. Leaping up, cheering, great hit, great hit, go on. It was yeah. really That's like, crazy. Oh. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, for then you're just like, okay, you're just a fan here in the yeah. room that just happens to use this room to get access <laughs> to it. But they were so depressed after watching Anderson, after watching uh, Jose. They were literally, I, I even <laughs> said something to somebody else. I was like, this is the quietest I've ever heard the the media room oh, wow. in Brazil and ever then you before outside. <laughs> they were hugely depressed and then and it's like three o'clock in the morning so yeah, yeah right, but yeah. it was crazy because when you know there was a whole different thing that sort of happened between uh, some of us uh, when the fight ended when uh, Rose got slammed on her head I gasp right. I'm like oh my god is she okay you know uh, I hear it from like MMA fight a gi like you know he gets it Rose uh, I'm sorry uh, Fernanda was like oh. You know, but then you hear this huge grouping of Brazilians behind us that just uproared in a cheer. I'm like, we are not even sure if she's not paralyzed yet. Like, and you guys are fucking back here cheering. You well, know, that Getty Images photo, the one yeah. where her neck is like bent at an angle, it, it is bent scary. at a crazy angle, and I was so scared and so worried for her. And then when she started, she sat up, and I was like, okay, whew. And then I was like, wow, crazy ending to a fight, man. That was a great fight. You know, I was just blown away. But so yeah, it was crazy. But you know. Seeing her then come after that and say that, I wasn't surprised because I think, you know, Rose has always been, um, she loves the martial arts side of it. She loves the the personal challenge that it puts her, but I don't think she likes all the other shit that normally gets tagged on with it. Whether she was a champion or not, she's never been, I don't think, a big fan of doing all the hoops that you have to jump through to do a fight week. And if she could, I mean, I think she would rather just show up on fight night, fight or fight, and then walk away and never have to see any fan or whatever. But she does appreciate it because she did say, though, on the on the open workout because she was getting great pops from the crowd. Yeah. Like She's the only uh, champ that I've ever seen. Well, we don't normally see non-Brazilian champs going to Brazil. Right. Uh, to see the person that went down there that was, if not getting a bigger pop than the Brazilian. Other than but Rousey, was, but that's not fair. Rousey, but Rousey's like a, a freak of nature yeah, at, that, exactly. at that point. But it was so awesome. Like, the fans at the open workout were so uh, into her. I saw yeah. this Brazilian girl off the side, like, literally getting, like, uh, if, like she was seeing the Beatles up there. Started, like, tearing up and happy, and, and Rose amazing. was loving it. And Rose said after that, she's like, if I can be up here and, it, you know, push somebody forward and give and they can see that anybody can come up here and be a, a th- you know somebody that's maybe not sure of themselves be, but be a thug in the cage i'm gonna butcher her quote which i did but it was just awesome seeing it so like she embraces that part of it if she knows that she can be a spokesperson for good but if she could do that without having to be in front of all the cameras and all the lights, she would rather that. See, this is what I, and I want to ask you, Oscar, because, I mean, obviously you, you do everything at the Mac Life, but I think of you more as a multimedia-type guy, an interviewer-type guy versus, you know, just written word or right. whatever. So here's what I wonder, because I think you hit it, Cold Coffee. I mean, Rose, she is a phenomenal fighter, but she doesn't enjoy, you know, the spotlight. But I wonder, I mean, because you, and you've been around both these fighters, so this is why I want to ask you. Okay. Think about somebody like Fedor Emelianenko, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we almost appreciate the fact that we don't hear from Fedor that right. much. Like, I almost think that adds to his mystique. 100%. And I wonder that if maybe if she comes back, if the UFC would be willing. Now, here's the thing. I worry, come back. I worry about it going too far to, like, because, I, I mean, think about the way the media revolted when Rousey, Ronda, yeah, yeah. Rousey and Nunes, and Rousey's like, look, media blackout, I'm not doing anything. And everybody's like, F you. But I do think – if the UFC was willing, and I know that this is all about promotion, and this is the ESPN era, and this is we got to get people out there, 
But I mean, if they if they were willing to say, hey, listen, come back. We'll give you a modified schedule, and maybe that's dangerous because maybe other people start saying, I want the same treatment, but I do feel like she's a special case, and I think the media, fans, if it was kind of a Fedor-type situation where she wasn't forced to be in front of a camera all day, every day, I think she'd be happier, and I don't think it would impact her marketability. Well, i tell you what, it immediately comes to mind is, like you said, there's a certain level. When Ronda came back, it wasn't just like, there's no media. It's like, no media, and by the way, fuck you too. Yeah. That is definitely an attitude to that that made people turn against her, and even the fans started to be like, what is this? But there's a man fighting in August called Nate Diaz, and I suspect they're probably not going to throw him a media schedule that's very heavy. Yep. Because There'll probably be one one I, scrum for everybody. I, I'd, I'd say he, he's going to get a fairly light schedule, and guess what? I doubt that's going to hurt him, and he goes to the cage. In fact, like you said about Fedor, I think it'll probably be like, oh, okay, Nate's back, yep. baby. You know, one scrum's all he needs. Her name is Thug Rose. It's already in the package. You know, you can present this as just Thug Rose. She's here, she fights, she leaves. Enjoy you know, she's even said herself after when she beat Joanna for the second time, she's like, I took the belt and I got out of there. Yeah. You know, she, I, I think there's a, this is one of the best promotional companies in the world, I think. When they get it right, they get it very sure. right. There's lots of mistakes at UFC do, sure. but when they get it right, they get it right. I think they can work it out and get it right. Also, I don't necessarily think on the flip side, we should be very surprised if Rose actually does say, I don't think she will, but if she does say no, because listen, it wouldn't shock me. I think as soon as she got into the sport, everyone's pointed at her as like a bit of a, a unique character. She's a bit softer spoken than most other people, and she seems a little bit more not to it, not in a bad way, but sensitive yeah. to things than other people. And the way she, the way she was like, I just kind of want to do something else in my life. But there's a, another thing when she got up in the cage, she just lost the world title. She beat the beast that was Joanna twice to get that world title. The way she was so like, yeah, great, fantastic. Yeah. It reminded me of only one other person that I think when Demetrius Johnson lost to Cejudo in the cage, he was like, sweet, cool. And then what happened? He left for one, and it felt like he knew that he didn't. It's not like he didn't care, but it, he was just like, ah, oh, just that's cool. Get and that I, off I, my shoulders. I think that's how she felt. Even Anderson when he lost to Weidman, even leading up to that, was like, yeah, it's his time now. Like I'm kind of like, and you know, Anderson's a bit goofy, but. It felt a little bit like with all those three, I can remember this feeling of they're not as upset as I thought they were going to be. It's such an interesting card when you look at it, right? Because, like, on the one hand, Rose is saying, maybe I'm done, and everybody's like, please don't go away. And on the other hand, you know, <laughs> yeah. you got Anderson and BJ sticking around, and everybody's yeah. like, ah, please go away. Let, let's talk about Anderson first. So Anderson has kind of been going back and forth. I guess he did an interview with TMZ literally, like, as we sat down to do this. Oh, really? Um, where he said, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going away, and, in fact, maybe I want a rematch. But he had also put up an Instagram earlier in the post where he says he's questioning it and going on. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think as far as Anderson? Because here's the thing, and I want, and we'll get into BJ Penn in a minute too yeah. I, because I want to talk about that. Uh, but I want to start with Anderson because it is weird to me because, look, there's no question to me at this point that, like, Anderson's skills are, are a little bit diminished, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a step behind people. Like, I know a lot of people love the Adesanya fight. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't love the Adesanya fight. I mean, there were moments of it that were fun, but I didn't think it was, you know, as, as, as enthralling, I guess, as some people did. Um, with Cannoneer, I picked Cannoneer. I just had a feeling that Cannoneer was going to be too big of a specimen. You know, it, it was going to cause problems. Now, obviously, I, I didn't see it ending the way it ended. Yeah. Um, and, and Anderson is still dangerous. I mean, when he does like when he does decide to dial in and, and flash out that kick and you see how, how, how quick it is and how it's, – it's cool, man. I mean, you see there's still danger there. Like, he can still compete. But I'm at this weird point with Anderson because 
like if, if people say, oh, he needs to go away because he was so great. The thing is, too, at the end of your career, that's when your earning potential is usually at yeah. its highest. Now, yeah. not you know, not like Conor McGregor levels, of course, where it's like you know this, uh, but you're getting that huge guaranteed paycheck. You know what I mean? So to walk away from that huge guaranteed pay, like if he was making, hey man, you're down, and, and now we're paying you twenty and twenty. Yeah, yeah. Like, bro, don't go out there for twenty and twenty. But if you're going out there for half a oh, mil, just twenty at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> but if you're going out for half a mil guaranteed, it's hard to tell a guy yeah. to walk away from that. And you could tell that he's diminished. And this will kind of relate to what I say with BJ Penn is that. It is one thing. Like, I will say Chuck Liddell was a guy that I thought, Chuck, please, like, uh, you know, obviously you're a legend, do what you want to do, but you're seeing him get knocked out repeatedly. That's scary. Now, we're not seeing Anderson get knocked out repeatedly. It's clear he's not the same guy that was reigning, that was, you know, potentially the GOAT and all that. It's clear he's not primary. But he's also not getting knocked out. That said, this injury does make me wonder, like, you know, is yeah. it because is it because and he said he was having some knee issues on the way in, so maybe we write it off, but is it an issue where your body's – Getting frail and can't handle, you know, the the, the rigors of martial arts. And if that and if, in that situation, if that's the case, if he sits back and determines, or his team determines, listen, it's because we're getting old that our body can't handle anymore. Then yes, you should walk away. If it's simply because we don't like seeing the guy yeah. that's not the guy that we have in our mind, f you, dude. Yeah. Like that's my. I, I want to. I need to make money. Well, I I think you made you made a very interesting point. You know, we'll, again, I'll, we'll probably raise the same point with BJ Penn. If they're not getting sparked out like Chuck was. You know, it's not very often that fighters have transferable skills once their day in the cage is done, right? right? And we don't know how Anderson or BJ have spent their money throughout their careers. Some would say we might know it's not been very well. Regardless, True. if this is their only way of earning money, and because, you know, they're hardly in retirement age. They're not at 65. You know, they still need to earn cash to live. That's right. It's pretty. I think it's pretty harsh to tell a guy you should retire now because, like you said, I don't like seeing the guy from my nostalgic years getting smashed. That's it. And they still got kids to feed. Yeah, they still got you know they still got colleges to, to, to pay li- for. Yeah, it, to live a know? life uh, with Anderson. I do think more so than BJ. Funnily enough, even though the records wouldn't say so, I do think Anderson's body is like noticeably not as there as his mind is. Right, he he's no longer as fast as he was, and he's no longer all this sort of stuff. Uh, with Cannoneer, I I also pick Cannoneer. I just thought it was like younger guy and all that sort of stuff but that's I, when we spoke before about this Cannoneer Silver fight it actually irritated me because there's ways you can book Anderson in fights that protects his legacy without him losing to these kind of guys like you know what would have been cool if Anderson moved up to 205 and fought Shogun that'd be cool do you know what I mean like if he loses to Shogun yeah. ah, two legends two old guns I don't know thing if they is, do it but yeah, it'd be cool they, they, bro, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like yeah. someone like that like, I get good. it no you're right story type yeah, fights yeah just anything with any sort of aspect to it other than just like a young guy just beat. And that's no disrespect to Jerry Kennear because I like so, Jerry Kennear. This was, I mean, this was definitely a winnable fight for Anderson. I, like, I'm not upset about the fact that they gave Jared. I mean, I think Anderson could have beat Jared, but Jared just showed up. And I mean, like, even that shot to the knee, when I think about it, it wasn't – I think that's one of the things that people always forget that those knee shots have that capability of doing mm-hmm. that. And this was just the perfect example of why people kick those legs, why they kick the knees. I don't want to think that it was just a matter of like, oh, that's an older knee, and that's why it gave out. I think it was just a perfectly placed kick with a lot of power that actually did the damage. And maybe a younger version of him could have took it and maybe popped back up from it. Maybe the pain just 
you know, was exponentially a little bit more so. Yeah. But I just think it was a perfectly placed shot that we see a lot of guys now kick now. A lot of times they're doing they're going for the thigh or they're going for the calf. This one made contact right around the knee level and literally buckled his leg, caused him some pain. He fell down and then he was just like, wait, 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 wait. Unfortunately, in this sport, you can't really be like, yeah. wait, 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 you know. <laughs> And I think the ref did a good job of stepping in because he was only going to take shots he after did. that the point. Referee, I will say the referee did amazing. That was a well, that was I, a good that was a good stop. When, when I watched the replay, Anderson immediately like tried to gain yeah. some space, so you could yeah. have been forgiven for not realizing. But the referee stopped it immediately, right and as soon as the referee pulled it apart, he was grabbing his knee, going, "Yeah, oh, he nailed fuck. it." He, he didn't. He there was no complaint. There was no whatever. I, but I mean, that's that's why those shots are viable. And I think a lot of people forget how dangerous those shots are i mean even if you take like a karate class or whatever they're like all right well look at this shot and you're like oh is this ever really going to do <laughs> something but at you if you put a trained martial artist in there an MMA guy that kicks a heavy bag yeah this shot this is what that is what will happen I, if it's done perfectly i don't disagree with you and, and I, then that's why i say i'm okay with anderson fighting on but i, I think oscar you're Did right he, dude. was there talk give, of like redoing another contract even though he still had he like said, he, he said he they, were nego- had like, they were negotiating another contract he still had like five fights left on his contract but i don't know how that works i'm okay with him fighting on i really it's am anderson and his team though you know they like to <laughs> play games with the media right but i think I, I think oscar i think you just hit the nail on the head it's like look give me fights that mean something give me fights that yeah. matter like i don't want to see him against 25 year old kids he, he doesn't whatever. like the hankings. Oh, the hankings. <laughs> <laughs> took this hank- it took me a second, too. I was like, I flipped into it. He, he, he kept going on. It was so funny. I was like, Anderson, I know I've heard you say rank before. And then later on, he, in the same interview, he said ranking. But it was funny. He's like, you know, you see no care about Hank. You know, hankings nothing. I don't care about hanking. I was like, who's this Hank guy? Because later on, he, was like, he said actually ranking. I was like, I know you can say rank. You just said rank. And he's like, hanking. Hanking uh, means nothing. Too funny. At least he didn't nothing. talk about sharks this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's fucking love that dude. Let's get to BJ Penn because uh, listen, interesting, interesting. So I'll share a little personal thing. So uh, in the lead up to the fight, uh, Ben Folks wrote a column on our site that that, um, and I don't have the headline in front of me right now, and I, sh- I should have pulled it up. But basically, it was like you know, BJ Penn says he's chasing for a title, and you can't help but cringe. And the interesting thing about that is. I edited the piece, and I actually was the one that hit publish on the site. <laughs> I hated the headline. I absolutely hated the headline, but it was Ben's headline, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? It's not. It's it's his voice. He's a columnist, and it's, it's his right. You know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm not here to try to neuter his opinion or right. whatever. You know, he what put I mean? his name on it. He put his name he on it. He put his name so, on. It. He was he was willing to do it. You, I think right. any any writer, any creator, any artist that's willing to go out there and say something, and you want to put your name on it. That's it. Say, That's it. Say what you want to say. If it's say not, what you say. if it's not irresponsible somehow, you know, yeah. making false accusations, or, calling for mass murder. Or so, something yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> something like that. <laughs> then it's not okay. Oh, I'm an artist. No, that's not okay. <laughs> no. Uh, but <laughs> no, no I mean, and, and and the piece itself wasn't. I mean, I, he made the same points that we've heard a, a bunch of times. But you know, it basically all related to the quotes that were given to Aaron Bronstead, where BJ said, "Listen, you know, I, I want to chase after that title." And I ended up, and I'm not going to say that I might not have had a few drinks at this point <laughs> uh, in the night. But I, I took to Twitter and I put 600 fighters on the roster 12 can be champion to me that will never make the pursuit of the other 588 delusional um and 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 i got some heat from some people or or what have you some people that reached out to me um they're like ah come on man how can you support this but listen i i think there's a difference between like listening to bj saying i'm i you know i want to go get that title and you going yeah you know what he might be the guy to beat habib like of course that is not you being responsible as a journalist but I think maybe and maybe a lot of it has to do with the fact that 
We're, we live here in Las Vegas. I'm in Syndicate a couple days a week. I'm in Extreme Couture a couple days a week. You know, I'm, 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 I, you know that, week, that particular week, I had called tough enough fights. I had seen amateurs, you know, that are making their way up the ranks. And, like, to me, that is the mindset you have. What bothered me is that people criticize BJ's words. Now, look, if you want to criticize his evaluation of his shots at a title and say, like, come on, bro, like, you know you don't have shots. Cool, but people were, like, talking trash about the fact that he had – Dude, and I've always said it, if you are going to lock yourself in a cage with another human being hell-bent on doing you harm, you better have an almost asinine level of self-belief. And to me, I had no problem. And that's why I said, because I had some people hit me up like, oh, you still think it's delusional now that he could win the title? No, I don't (laughs) think he could win the title. Like, dude, are you kidding me? That division is stacked and Habib's a monster. But I'm talking about the pursuit and the belief and how you right. have to feel in yourself. Right. Well, so it, it reminds me of a couple of times in MMA history where I've sort of really like raised an eyebrow at the fans and be like, really? Like, so for example, when Daniel Cormier cried after mm. John Jones beat him, and it was like, look at this fucking pussy crying. It's like, don't you want him to care? Yeah, like, man. Yeah. Sh- shouldn't he care? And the second one was like, when Connor put out his like evaluation of the Khabib fight, and he was like, in a rematch, the rematch will show all. And <laughs> some issues with some beer. Right oh, yeah, we got to we got to work on this. No, super security, man. Well, yeah, man. It's, it's keep super it secure. secure. But when, when, when Connor said, "Oh, in a rematch, I'll get Khabib," and everyone's like, "Oh, what an idiot!" It's like, don't. Isn't he supposed to think that? That's yes. what they're supposed to think. It reminds me, and I'm, I cannot believe I'm referencing pro wrestling here, but Steve Austin once said, "Like, if you're a pro wrestler." And, you know, it's all pre-determined. Your goal should still be to win the world title because otherwise, why are you doing it? I feel the exact same way about MMA. Like, if you're a fighter who devotes your life day in, day out to this, you better believe you can do it or what's the point of sticking around? And I'll give credit to a guy who I think would be the perfect example of this. When Dustin Poirier lost to McGregor, it would have been pretty easy for him to be like, well, shit, I'm never going to win a world title. This is no point. Instead, the guy is the greediest motherfucker in the world and he just got himself a world title and I just think that's what it should be about and so with BJ yeah yeah, no shit he's not going to win a world title but you know what it would be I could understand it if he said it but it's like what's he meant to say like yeah I get my ass kicked for a bit but I don't mind being punched in the face like that's not what he's meant to say he's meant yeah. to say like I can see the world's the limit you yeah know? And, and I guess that's what like and that's that's it was the headline more than anything that made that, that bothered me that I think made me want to tweet that out you know and I mean as weird as that is again that I had something to do with publishing it because again I, 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 I respect Ben and I respect his opinion but I just think the criticism of that attitude is, is wrong I mean if that's help if that's what it takes to help BJ Penn get up in the morning and be a better person and have live and yep. have, have a drive in his life to do something, so be it, man. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to break it down in terms that <laughs> most of us normal people have to relate this to. Right. <clears throat> you ever saw that girl <laughs> that you knew was outside of your league? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're like, I'm going to go for that. And all your boys are like, bro, you're fucking stupid. You'll right. never get that. You'll never <laughs> get that. And you strive and you believe in yourself that you can get that 10. And you're like, I don't care, guys. I'm gonna go, and if nothing else, I'm gonna go for it. And they're like, you're the, you're, you're dumb. You're never gonna get it. And if you get it, you're like, dog, eat my shit. Wow. <laughs> I tell you what, I really look That's forward it. to the day that happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a ten someday. You're saying, hoping. Don't, don't, don't pay attention to the hankings, bro. I just you take two fives there. and I'm happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that, I mean. That's normal people's terms. We'll never be able to strive for a belt. We can always strive for something that's better than us and believe that you can get there. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, like, the, the title the title was cringy. As much as it used the word cringy in it, 
the title was cringy, and I know I we've too. had we've had people that kind of <laughs> came out, and uh, you know, you had Bisping who didn't read the article. I think he said that he did read the article, and he thought it was non-complimentary, but uh, he he had a big uh, you know to do about the the title. Um, it was a bit clickbaity, and I think that's the the maybe the whole the whole thing about it. But what he said was right. I mean, like I think. You know, uh, it's fun to want to play along with the the illusion that yes, maybe this guy can return to grandeur. But most of us realize that after watching the the, the previous now seven defeats, that it's like yeah, it's probably not well, going to happen. Well, here's the thing, but is that, that doesn't that doesn't mean that you don't respect what he did in the past. That's it. And to go back to the discussion we were having earlier, again, look, he's not an old guy. He's got he, he's making money. He's trying to take care of his family. I will say, like after the Frankie and Yair fights, I will agree. Like after Frankie and Yair, I thought. This is getting scary. You know what I mean? I mean to, again, get to, yeah. to get the title, you have to beat those guys. That's it. But, 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 but I'm saying, yeah, exactly. But, and he doesn't need to be fighting that that elite level guy right now. But against like Seaver, even, you know, dude, I loved the Ryan Hall booking because I'm like, look, Ryan Hall is probably going to beat him, but yeah. it's not going to be a knockout. Right. So that was a great booking. Against Clay Guida, a great booking as well. Like, you're probably going to get outworked, but he's not going to come like one punch right. KO yeah. you. So, dude, if, if the right matchups are there, like, I have no problem yeah. with BJ but continuing to fight. PJ's. B- <laughs> Not PJ, I'm sorry. Sleepy BJ. BJ. <laughs> BJ's striking looked good. His he head movement look good. looked good. He was fucking piecing up Clay. Clay was going out there swinging mad like Hail Marys. And BJ was moving out of the way. BJ looked good. Uh, so, I mean, looking on that right there, as much as uh, he just got put up against a guy that just looked better and could keep it together. But BJ looked good. And, I mean, that right there, you know. I wouldn't say that that you know obviously what that's not a title winning defense, but that is a UFC level performance. Performance. Well, I, I want to, and I so therefore he should still be able to to fight if he wants to. I, I, it's interesting because I will say one thing: once Clay had the fight, like BJ did fade in the third round, no yeah. clear about it, it was done. Once Clay had the fight in hand. I don't know if he'd ever admit it on he record or not. He Clay's face up. Clay looked a lot worse than BJ. Oh did. no, I agree in the in the things. But once Clay had the fight in hand, and I don't know if he'd ever admit it on record. I think he purposely stopped striking, basically, and like because he went to the clinch. Like, yeah. I think he had so much respect for BJ Partially, he, that he he's got like, asked I have this under control. Did he get asked that? I didn't see the full scrum. He got asked that in the post fight. Did, did, did he, he go easy? He, he said he didn't go easy. Yeah, well, you, you interesting. Never, I didn't know he got asked. He, he I, should, said, I didn't watch said, the whole scrum. He said he kind of tired out a little bit, but he was just like, you know, at that point he went to he wanted to go to like grappling and, and wrestling and just sort of. Hold on to him and secure the thing. Right. So we stopped doing. But to be fair, if you were gonna get let a guy off. You wouldn't then go after and be like, "Yeah, I let him off, right?" If you did it out no, of respect, really? you would, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you that would, totally, you, you totally belies the respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like By did. the way, but Clay's but Clay's striking was not great the whole night. It wasn't like he was like putting well, on a striking well, display was, and then that's held why it was back. A great book. Yeah, well, just, was yeah. just a last thought on this idea of like, oh, BJ going for a title and stuff. In my opinion, you know, obviously it's ridiculous, but. Let's not pretend like some crazy shit hasn't happened in this sport before. Like, if Anderson had thrown a few more strikes against Israel, he's fighting for a title next, and that's yeah, the that's crazy, crazy. redemption yeah. story. Like, Randy Couture came back and beat Tim Sylvia. Like, this diff- obviously, I think BJ is realms away from that. But to say is like, oh, it's just you know, well, that's, yeah. yeah, and I guess crazy was, shit happens. And yeah. I guess that was part of my other thing too. Is just like, listen, like. There is a lot of people on the UFC roster that I don't think will ever be champion. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no disrespect. There's a lot of people I look at and be like, yeah, good fighter. Don't know if you're ever going to be at the highest level. Does that mean they should just give it up? No. That they should just quit? Right. So, gotta go f- I, I, I gotta go a few dreams. I do want to say though, I thought the 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 camaraderie between the two of them, the the respect that they both showed throughout, was cool. Was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it was. 
what Clay, I mean, like he came out and he'd give, he'd give him the fruit, you know, and he was doing everything, and he was so respectful. I loved seeing two guys that were two of the guys that I remember first seeing and, and recognizing as being characters in the sport, giving so much respect, but also going out there and putting it on the line. I yep. mean, I, I can't say enough for, for those guys. So even though I said, like, I didn't think Clay looked that great that evening when it came to a striking, he put on a perfect uh, – display of what he needed to do to get it done and yeah. uh but better off just the way he carried himself and the way he talked about bj after i don't know how you could not respect clay and i mean like i i love the dude and i mean like after watching him and coming out with respect and doing it i was just like man i want him to keep fighting forever and yeah. and he still fought good like i mean uh Clay's clay awesome. still got a yeah. lot of legs in yeah. him uh to get some more fights and that's a that's the kind of guy that goes out there and i think he is one of those guys that is a good representative for the sport because he has the history. He's been there forever, but he also, he's still doing it at a high level, but he's also doing it the right way. He's doing it a way that, you know, if you had to go to somebody and say, okay, I'm new to the sport. Who should I watch? Who should I look at? And it's like, okay, you know, this guy might not be, you know, you know, 10 title defeat, you know, uh, defenses, but look at how he carries himself. Look at the fights he's done. And, uh, I don't know. It was just a Classy treat for dude. me. It was it's a treat for me. That's, that's, I think maybe that's a better way just saying that I thought the way that he carried himself and the way that, that him and BJ interacted, there was, I mean, they could have talked shit about uh, each other up there, but to see them actively enjoying the fight week process, hugging it out. Uh, I know some people get really pissy about fighters hugging it out, you know, at, uh, weigh-ins and stuff they're like oh you're supposed to fight i don't want to see you nah, hug like i fucking love it yeah, i love i love the yes, i love the good sportsmanship that they did and i thought i thought those two breaks i hate so it during I just the middle of to... rounds you know like when they like, like a lot of time yeah you know, like, especially at the, the beginning of the third cool yeah, or beginning yeah, yeah. of the fifth well, whatever yeah, I mean, it is if but like if they've been throwing down remember when they're you're just like, wow. the zombie like hey, yeah. like three times like okay you got all right we get it hurt each other yeah all right last thing i want to talk about 237 related and frankie edgar getting the title shot i gotta say a little bit jarring to me at first, but the more I think about it, I actually really love it. And I'm a Volkanovski dude. I am. A, yeah. I have been on the Volkanovski bandwagon. Oh yeah, did you pick him for this fight? Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah, I picked Volkanovski over Aldo. I thought you didn't. That's no, why I was trying to bust. No, your the balls. only uh, <laughs> I only missed one on the main card. I can't remember. You what did. It was. You've done well. You've like I'm, you're I'm, like right up there. You're like I'm are you number two? Or I think I'm two or three right now on the staff pick. This could be your year, dog. Yeah, I'm making my way. This up is the top. road show. Uh, Staff oh, picks be because back to back. I, back to back, and then I'll get I'll take it next year. Back you did this year, I'll take it next I year. I like it, but I will say this: I yeah, I'm a Volkanovski supporter, and the dude, uh, what 19 fight winning streak, 20 fight winning 17, streak, no. yeah, 17, seven and zero in the UFC. Yeah. I mean, the guy what deserves a, a title shot. But yes. I will say this: I will it was say this, perfect fight. I I like the idea of Edgar getting the title shot for one reason: that is that this is the UFC actually giving somebody. Yeah, respect for doing a solid. Frankie stayed on the card at 222 when Holloway dropped out. He fought Ortega even though he didn't have to. He got starched, and then he came back and he picked up a win. Was supposed to fight in in November, couldn't fight. Um, but to me, like I I, I, I am not taking away from Alex Volkanovski. And as long as he's next, now listen. If something happens and he's not next, f you UFC, yeah, yeah, yeah. f you. Yeah. But as long as he's next, and to be honest with you, the fact that they're booking this in July yeah. means it. Octo, you know the the plan. You know for the was it September October? October, I think is the reports. Not bad, not yeah. bad. That's not a bad turnaround. So you could still get that fight there. If so, at first I was a little like, damn, this is some garbage. But the more I thought about, it, you know what? I'm happy they did this. This is the USC doing a solid to somebody that did them a solid, and I like that. 
I, I, I feel the same way. Well, at first of all, like you, I was like, wow, fucking poor yeah. Alex, you know. But then I think if it was, there's two things that really matter here. If it was done on the understanding with both men that if you win Frankie or if you win Max, you guys are fighting again, like within a few months. Like, mm-hmm. remember that as long as that's everything. And then also, if Alex doesn't have to fight again, that's an important thing. And also, I'd really hate to see, like, Zabit, Starch, Ortega, and they go, Zabit, you're the champion, you know, or you're the contender. Because yeah. a lot of times in this sport, especially, I think, over the last couple of years, yep. it's what, it, you know, who's done the most recent. What have you done well, for me? And, le- and, and let's yeah. be honest, on that front, I think that's why they waited. Because, listen, Ali had kind of hinted, you know, like, hey, this is happening. Frankie had even kind of hinted that, hey, yeah, this yeah. is happening. They waited until the Monday after 237 to make it official. And I think, that, and, and I haven't heard this from anybody, but just, you know, knowing the UFC the way we do, I think they waited because had Volkanovski come in and starched Aldo in like, yeah. you know, 60 seconds, drops him and pounds him out, now he's the guy. Maybe yeah. fr- uh, Frankie, we still got you. Yeah. We still got you, but you're next. So that does scare me a little bit. You're right, because if Zabit comes in and does something against Ortega, now you start going, oh, that's which, the hot which, hand. Which we don't even know if that's why it's happening. Right. But if the by reports are to be, be believed, and Zabit, and you know, it's no easy task either. But I can just something like that. I can see happening. And if you're if you're the UFC as a promotion, and I don't particularly like this fact, but the truth is, you go with what's hottest on your plate right now, right? You don't go, money. hey, do you guys remember what happened eight months ago when this happened? Like it's it's, it's hard to tell them to do that. But I do think. If they did that, Alex would be rightfully fucked off. And actually, I will say a um, very interesting point. Our friends from Submission Radio, they interviewed uh, Israel Adesanya's coach Eugene earlier this week. And he said Israel was very upset about the news and he would be willing to wait past October to maybe November or December if it meant that he and Alex could be on the same card. Because he apparently wa- he wants both of them on the same card to fill out a stadium in Sydney. You know, that's interesting because I saw when they announced that or, or when the reports came out of that October date, and I'm sure you probably saw the same thing, a lot of Australian fans were saying, that's ridiculous. That's the same weekend as, I believe, the big rugby final. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, that's a terrible weekend. Like, it makes no sense. So I wonder if maybe, like, they're like, ah, now we got a little delay. Maybe we do November or December. Now that we've seen the schedule, we see that December, the pay-per-view is December 15th, right? It's right. not year-end because obviously ESPN has a bunch of stuff going on yeah. December 15th. So, I mean – if if it's if it's not New Year's Eve or right around it, like I mean, there's there's nothing special happening in Vegas on December fifteenth. Right. You could just do it in Australia. If yeah, you and then you know, so it is possible. I think that maybe that thing will move possible. around a little. Po- bit. I think it all depends on Holloway Edgar, right? But I think also if you look at the schedule, and we're really like grabbing at straws here, but you know, so November is usually New York. Mm-hmm. October last year was Vegas, but supposedly this could be Australia, which means if that was Australia, you'd assume December would be Vegas. Yep. But I'm curious because. You just never know, you know. Yeah, I, what if you did October Vegas and December to Australia? That's what I mean. It's easily doable for them. And now, like we said uh, last time I was on the show, now they've got this ESPN deal where it's guaranteed cash. It doesn't really matter That's where right. they put it, you know. It's true. Yeah, they don't have to worry about that so much. All right, uh, let's move past 237. I, I wanted to, one Before we get into this week's card, I did want to ask you guys what your take was on the uh, the John Jones interview with the, the uh, Dan Hardy's on the mat, uh, or open right. mat, excuse me. Uh, I, you know, it was interesting. I only saw a small clip, but the, the part that I saw, yeah. I, I loved it. I would say, I haven't seen the whole thing. I, I will say I this. I have. You, see, oh, you saw, saw the, the whole thing? thing yeah. Okay, so I haven't seen the full thing. <laughs> Maybe I only saw the good part that I liked. <laughs> I thought John Jones was very respectful. I loved everything that he said. Well, so I, we can get some more. So we'll I didn't watch the full one. Like, I only saw the clip as well, but to me, it was funny because <laughs> I was I liked hearing it, but to me, 
I thought this is kind of what we've seen reading between the lines the whole time. Like, right, like when yeah. when we come out and we ask John Jones, like, bro, you know, don't like, what about moving up to heavyweight and taking Cormier's belt at the last press conference, at his post fight press conference? He's like, nah, man, let, <laughs> let Daniel have his thing. Like, I, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yep. This dude that you've been messing with nonstop, now you're gonna be like. Nah, bro. Like, let him have those. To me, it was always clear that John didn't view, and and that's why, right? That's why we want to see it at heavyweight. Yeah. We all know how that fight goes at light heavyweight. The reason we want to see it at heavyweight is because we do think, what if it's not a diminished Daniel yeah. Cormier? Yeah, yeah. What if he doesn't have the weight? What do you, you think Jones I mean? would come in at a heavyweight fight? He, he Honestly, said in the same, in the same, interview, in, in the same interview, full, full interview. He said, "I'm walking around 240 right now." Really? In the same interview, he said, "I'm walking around 240." So that wouldn't be that big of a fight. difference. Wow. That Daniel weighed in against Fury. Two good way to go into it. Wow. Eight pounds difference. And that's why, so what I wanted to get on was like, definitely do I think John Jones meant the respectful things he said about Daniel Cormier? Yes, I do. Yeah. Do I think his tone was respectful? Yes, I do. But you cannot tell me, after everything we know about John Jones and everything he said in the past, that when he's like, you know, Daniel says he, he'd want to fight at 205, like, he'd never do that because, you know, the disappointment would be too much. You can't tell me that he's not being like, come on, Daniel, well, that, come little, fucking yeah. get it. That's a little passive-aggressive. I dare you. Which is a nice little jab. He's, I mean, like, like it's, a, it's a nice way of saying, like, just, I, yeah, I would own his soul for good. Just because his tone was very respectful, it reminds me of, like, you know, Anthony Smith, he's, oh, he showed the heart of a lion. It's like, get the fuck. I just think with John. I do see that, that it's a little bit of a bait. like a, But on the other hand, I do think when he said, very candidly is like I think the sort of person I lose to is Daniel Cormier and I think I lose to him at heavyweight yeah. I think I, he said later on in the interview not in the clip he's like I think I get him at heavyweight but I think his best chance is at heavyweight so why would I give him that I absolutely respect that and candor. that's fair man I, I respect the candor yeah. I believe it too yeah. I think it is fair yeah. so I respect the honesty but I also think with John he's a very smart guy and I do think that maybe if he's like oh, I bet you I bet you'd never come around to 205 oh, I bet you but, and it's I, gonna get in DC because he's so competitive that guy. Right? he's I, gotta I, be like I gotta do it I, I, gotta. I just think that with John there's always like even a the little... fact that he was in Brazil with you guys talking about dude we gotta do it at 205 yeah. like no don't yeah. do it at 205 yeah. do it anyway. and also John's because he doesn't want to give it up he doesn't want him to lose it but, but, I get it it's like it's like Connor right yeah, oh, gotta do the rematch at 170 I, I, I get it yeah. I respect it massively but I also think uh John, I just think John knows like what how to needle Daniel, you know, and I think I also think this narrative that John has chosen because I remember he did it a lot for the Anthony Smith fight where he's like, well, you know, a lot of people think Daniel Cormier is the best heavyweight ever, and for me to risk my life in there against the best heavyweight ever, I mean, well, it's really gonna have to be worth my while. And I <laughs> yeah. do think there's a little bit of that, like you know, Dana said I want it at heavyweight, and I think John is like, well, you know, sure, I. I'm gonna if I'm gonna risk it all, like I <laughs> wouldn't like you. Know, I really think oh, I should get fairly compensated. So I think there's I think there's an element of that. I do think John would move up if the price was right. But I actually like before that interview and before DC, I was like it happening at heavyweight. Now I'm like oh, maybe DC is actually That's going to happen. So is on. the full interview? Is it on YouTube now? Full interview's on YouTube. It's, okay. ten, it's about ten. And it's not geo blocked or anything. No, it's ten. Ten. Oh, it might be. No, it wasn't. I watched it. Oh, you got them VO. VPN. Well, I'm just saying we gotta preface how people. No, it, 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 it's ten or eleven minutes long. It's oh, it's not bad. It's very. He's very respectful and cordial to Dan. They, he, but interesting as well. He's like, because from that clip you guys saw, 
where he's like, oh, no, heavyweight's their best chance. He explains, like, no, no, I'm going to heavyweight. He's like, I've got three fights left at light heavyweight. Tiago, he's like, then Luke Rockhold. Yeah. And then he's I mean, like, he's then probably Johnny 240 Walker. Something. And, he's like, and then I'll probably move to heavyweight. And he's like, but I'm not fighting Daniel at heavyweight. He's like, I'll fight. He's like, there's loads of fights up there for me. I'm not fighting Daniel, though. But his best chance of winning is at heavyweight. I'm not going to fight him. That's and it's, it's so good. Like, and then he's like, oh, Brock Lesnar, he'd have been a tool task. But, you know. Uh, I really wish I could have had that fight. Oh, so you were happy fighting a guy who's like 300 pounds and he had the weight on you. But Daniel, you know, it's just, it's just John Jones is a very, very yeah. well, I love cunning how he, cat. Yeah, I mean, I, I did love it. how he said that, you know, Daniel's a tough fight for me and we're even skilled match at light heavyweight. You know, so to go up to heavyweight and give him give him a size advantage. Also, it must be said. Oh, I don't want to give him a size advantage, motherfucker. Your arms are twice as long as him, yeah. and you're three times as tall. What are you talking? Yeah. I mean, and no, I wish I walked around John at two forty something. That is weird. Like, if, I mean, like if he was saying, like, dude, the most I like I've tried to put on weight, and the most I can get to is like two fifteen. Yeah. You know, then that, you're like, okay. They said they said how much he weighing right now. He's like two forty, two thirty five. And Daniel weighed in against Steve at 248. Wow. You know how hard of a cut it would be for me to get down to 240? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was walking around about 230, 240. I, I be, look, I'll be honest. Life goals right there, dog. Life goals. I do want to see that trilogy <laughs> fight, but I want to see it at heavyweight. Same. I'm not – I hate to say that I'm not interested in it because, dude, if they fight at 205 – it's going to make a lot of money for our sites, dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, our, all of our sites are going to do good. Uh, it's People compelling are stuff, right? Yeah, but for me personally, for it me. It would do bigger at heavyweight. I, I want to see it at heavyweight. It would do bigger at heavyweight. Dude, it's, it's so easy promotional. And I'm sure, you know, John Jones would absolutely loathe this to be the case. Yeah. But, like, this so easy. Like, well, we did it at 205 and then he popped. Now we're doing it at heavyweight. Like, it's easily spun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's easy, like, they fought once, John won. The second time is a no contest. Yeah. To, like, and, you know, it, it's no denying that DC looks like a better. I mean, the guy obviously hits like a freight train at yeah, heavyweight, man. you know. Not having to cut down to that. I mean, he puts himself through hell. Yes. He only did it because of his boy. And, and and his, you know, as John said in the interview, like, oh, his athleticism is surprising given his like body type. Yeah, yeah. Like, hit, there's some guys who. They, that was funny because even that was a dig. Comment, not, right? but, I mean, look, he's fat, but he's still <laughs> athletic. It's but, funny. But it's like there's some guys who can. There's some guys who you think like, well, that guy should actually be. A light heavyweight, but he's like Roy right, Nelson right, has always right. said, like, who yep. should actually be it? Yep. I think Daniel is like, should not be a light heavyweight. I think the guy is like just thick as shit and right. he, he just yep. can't, shouldn't really be able to get down there. He gets down there by torturing himself. And even when he cuts everything to get to 205, he's still fucking big and bulky and stuff. So, yep. yeah, I just think he's a natural heavyweight. And it's almost a shame, actually, that, you know, we sort of like half heartedly say, oh, maybe he's the greatest heavyweight ever. But it's actually like, if the guy had never spent four years down at light heavyweight and he just stayed up there and decimated everyone at heavyweight we would be like oh he is the greatest heavyweight ever yeah it's weird that he actually spent it's like we don't can't solidly say that because he spent four years yeah. away from his Especially own division kane was gone like kane was gone the entire time. Time. time like literally like if he'd have he just gone, gone if he'd have gone up and fought who beat kane uh vadim yeah if it because kane didn't fight yeah. for ages after that if he had gone up and beaten vadim which is probably could have then he could be beat Stipe, and then he beat yeah. In Ghana, like all That's these people, he could have easily crushed the record. Yeah. And he could easily be like the greatest. But I wonder what his bank account would be like. Interesting. I mean, we don't know how much he made, but I, I mean, obviously, it's fueled by two big fights with people John Jones. People love those heavyweight fights. Man. They do. People man. love well, watching big dudes I, just throw down. I remember when DC before the Lewis fight, and he was adamant he wanted to fight Lesnar. 
I said to him, I was like, does a fight with Lesnar make you much more than a third fight with John? And he was like, absolutely. And I was like, really? Because I feel like your second fight did great numbers. And he was like, the difference is with Lesnar, it's heavyweight. And when there's a heavyweight title involved, yeah. it just draws in casuals in a way yeah. that light heavyweight and welterweight doesn't. Like when people see heavyweight Fair champion, play. that's what he said. And yeah. I was like, that's interesting. Did you see all in the in the interview that he did with Fernanda how he, uh, the, the, the question was brought up by Guy from MMA Fighting of – you know, you know, with ESPN, a lot of these pay-per-views are already pre-paid, you know, pre-paid or right. whatever. Is the money there? Is it already worked out? You know, been hearing that fighters getting paid in advance or whatever. And he did say that it worked out with the UFC or whatever, that he's getting the money that he would get. Right. Typically on the, the old uh, well, pay-per-view structure with this new uh, ESPN structure. That's an interesting point, too, that, um, that I was going to bring up the next time we spoke with, with uh, Dana White, but Ali Abdelaziz addressed it on MMA Junkie Radio as well, where people like, because I, I think, I think uh, George, Gorgeous George, I think kind of presented it as pay-per-views don't matter anymore because that's kind of like the, the narrative, right the narrative out there. And, and Ali yeah. was like, you're crazy. He's like, there's still points. So I, I've seen a lot yeah. of the narrative out there. Like, there are no more pay-per-view points. There are still pay-per-view points. The key is, as you said, and a smart manager, a smart athlete has to realize it. They've taken this pay-per-view pool yeah. and yeah. taken it to a smaller resource with the goal of building it up. But right. in the meantime, you have to you have to go in and negotiate and say, yeah. look, man, because you already know has that pool of money. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They have a pool of money. It's about getting part of. That. I mean, have you what What are the numbers that you that you're hearing that because I've heard numbers and guesses of what the the ESPN average was of what they're paying the UFC. So and I what think the, the the reported number that the ESPN is paying an average of five hundred thousand. Yeah, I, had, that's I, what I heard the same thing. That that's can't what I heard. be right. Well, that that to me. But when you think about it, it, it hurts ESPN on some cards, but in others it makes up. Okay. Because imagine no, if there's no. a if there's a big pay per view and there's a million. All right, they doubled their money back. Or if there is, say, a Connor fight, yes, yes say they no, get a million and a half, they're getting three papers. Okay, but let me but let me throw this in there. Let me throw this in there. We talked about it here before. Uh, don't forget, the USC owns the streaming service that they use. Okay, so they're not paying anybody else. They bought BamTech when they launched ESPN Plus, so they get one hundred percent of revenue now. Right now, ESPN bought them. Uh, uh, yes, so ESPN okay, owns. I made that. it sound yeah, like sorry, you said the USC, the USC bought them. No. Apologize. ESPN owns the streaming platform that they use, so they're not paying. So remember, right. you know, before the idea was, well, the UFC wants a 60-40 split with DirecTV, yeah, yeah. and that's not going right. Okay, they now ESPN has a hundred-zero split. You know what I'm saying? Right. So when the, when the number was five hundred thousand, I wonder if that means five hundred thousand at the sixty percent rate, which would, in fact, it has to be five hundred thousand to sixty percent rate. So now you're talking about. Three hundred thousand, or two seventy-five, or whatever the exact math would be. Uh, so you know, what I mean, I think the number's got to be a little bit less because if ESPN came in and paid five hundred thousand pay-per-view price at full price, but then that'd be way. But, too but much. then is that is that worth for the UFC? Because you would imagine off what was Connor could be two million something. Like, yeah. A, so you'd imagine that would make them more money than three hundred thousand. For ten events, sure. You know, you know so yeah. yeah. Kind of, like, well, I mean, that's. I mean, the, the Mayweather fight made oh, yeah. the UFC's I mean, year that yeah, year. Yeah, so you, you, yeah, more so in hit than any. But so, yeah, it's kind of common, and also it's always like you're talking through smoke and mirrors. There anyway, whenever yeah. you come to this stuff. Um, but you got to realize, even if even if I think the UFC or ESPN on their end, if they could find a number that makes a break-even point just on the terms of the pay-per-view itself, because remember, everything to get to the pay-per-view, you have to get behind the paywall. So they're already anything besides the fact, even if they probably just say, all right, hey, let's even if it's a wash or if it's in the UFC's better favor a little bit on this one, we're going to get however many 
hundred thousand buys, five hundred thousand buys. We're getting six dollars right. or whatever it is, five dollars times five hundred thousand. It's, it's you know, it really starts to add up. So I can see where they have a little leverage where they're like, okay, we'll give you this because we're getting this in return. It's funny we're talking about this conversation right after Cormier Mioch because I always said the person to ask would be Cormier after that fight because I remember he said at the same scrum I was just talking about, he was like, oh, on the front end, I did really well for that Miocic fight. Yeah. They gave me a lot of money up front. It was like, but pay-per-view-wise, I didn't actually make that much money. So I was really interested to the rematch, which you'd assume would do the same, if not mildly better, because now they're beefing. Right. I'd be interested to hear and be like, actually, I made no fucking money because the pay-per-view points were all behind a paywall. It's a great question for fight so, week, right? Yeah, like, yeah, but, yeah. I'd be very interested to ask. Him. Not sure say, he'd tell he, you. He did, but he did say that they were going to take care of him. He said they, were meet, they, meet, they met the numbers that they wanted in reference to what he got last time. So he seems happy. All right. Well, I mean, he's only got like Dana wants him. Dana wants right. that John Jones. But also, too, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but also too, I mean, you got to figure he knows his days are limited as well. You yeah. know, I mean, this he's already beyond his expiration date that he already set or whatever. That's a perfect negotiation you tactic know? too, right? Like, <laughs> I've got an expiration date. I don't, I don't, ah, <laughs> come on, bro. We'll throw a little bit more money at you. How about a little extra cheese, you yeah. know? But Dane, I've got a family. <laughs> All right. And this is another. why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this weekend's card. USC on ESPN Plus 10 up in Rochester, New York. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos and Kevin Lee in the main event. We've got our man, Matt Erickson, covering uh, the fight. Uh, it's some interesting fights in the card, and we'll kind of run it down quickly uh, here in a little bit. But I want to get you guys' take on Rafael Dos Anjos versus Kevin Lee because uh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm very, very intrigued by this fight. Rafael Dos Anjos, I think, is um, – when they first announced it, I was like, oh, what, a, what a weird fight. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I, I, I like it. Rafael Dos Anjos is, is kind of at a, at a crossroads right now, um, and this is a big fight for him. Meanwhile, Kevin Lee, I really do like the idea of him moving up to 170, man. Those 155 cuts were killing him. I know he wants 165. Uh, but Dana doesn't seem like he's budging on that anytime soon. Um, I'm intrigued by this fight. Yeah, the same for me. And the thing I'm most intrigued about this entire thing is usually when a fighter moves up, it's because they haven't done very well at the lower weight cut. The, the, the cut's starting to hurt them, and they move up like, okay, this is me now. And yet this whole time, I feel like Kevin Lee's never really been like, I'm a 170-pounder right now. The whole time he's felt like, well, you know, I'll take this fight. It's a good fight, but, you know, I really want that Khabib fight. I, re- I still, You know, my business hasn't done that. They should make it once. It's never, I've never heard him conclusively say, I am a 170-pound fighter right now. It's not like when Whitaker moved up from one, welterweight to middleweight. Yep. It's like, this is me now. So that intrigues me because I'm interested to see, let's say he comes out there and he does really well on fight night. I'd be interested to hear if he's like, okay, I'm a believer in less weight cuts now. I'd, I'd like to hear that. As far as the fight itself goes, if you're making a Kevin Lee debut at 170, it's as good as any. I think it's a great fight, actually, for his debut. I'm interested in what it's, what's in it for Desanos. It's not doesn't seem to be as much for him, especially against a wrestler, which he's you know the the odd thing as he struggles against. Um, but it's an interesting fight. It's a good fight. It's kind of one of those quirky fights. You're like, oh, I never really thought about that fight in my entire life until yeah. you just said it. It's one of those fights. But it now it's been mentioned. I'm like, yeah, shit, I'd watch. Yeah, and it's a great fight. I mean, like one, he's got a you know, an RDA side of things, you know, coming off of two losses. I think to get back into the win column off of a guy that's an it guy at this point, this is the guy that people are talking about. For him, I could see where he's like, all right, I'm beating a relevant guy. I think now even too, I think a lot of fighters realize that even though a guy maybe has been living in one particular division, that divisions now are much more fluid yeah, in between the two different ones. I think, Spe- they, especially fifty-five and seventy. Yeah, that exactly. I mean, when you when people look at like Cerrone, they're like, okay, it's well, almost like they should have a like division in the middle. Like, yeah, 
like somewhere like around the 165 what a unique range. Idea. Is anybody ever throwing that out there? Maybe, Maybe somebody should, should talk to Dana about, about that. <laughs> you know, so um, this is a great fight. I mean, one, this is, this could be a huge fight of guys just kicking the shit out of somebody and literally kicking somebody's leg off or kicking somebody's midsection out. Um, I think it's a, a good fight. I mean, I, it'd be interesting to see because I know Kevin Lee probably feels like he wants to come there and really show that uh, – you know, he is still a guy to pay attention that is a dangerous yeah. guy that has the the capability of making a, a, a title run. Um, but for RDA, I mean, this is a guy, you know, a former champ. I mean, I think a lot of people maybe at times forget how dangerous this guy is. Yeah. And this is the kind of fight after watching him lose against Covington, watched him lose against the champ. Um, you know, this is a fight that people might say, does he still have it? You know, and this and this is the kind of fight where with a clean, decisive victory over a dangerous guy like Lee that even though maybe has fought a lot at a different weight class could easily be in this weight class. I mean, it's funny. I think you could take any fighter now, push him up a division. And most people could say, yeah, he could they could fight at this yeah. division. And that's like across the board. Um, so, I mean, this this is a really good fight. But I think this is the fight for RDA to really sort of go out there and prove and stay. I still have a shot. I still have a chance because if he can't get through Kevin Lee, I think that's the probably the point, the tipping point where maybe RDA is not. You feel like he's on the downturn. Well, see, I mean, and I hate even saying the downturn. If, if it but like I would start saying maybe the top five is not where he sits. See, it's funny that you say you that because I, I feel the complete opposite. I actually feel like this entire fight has been built to be like Kevin Lee. This is for you to come back, win a fight, and get back on track. And I feel right. like if Kevin Lee lost, I actually think it would be him that people would be like, well, shit, maybe he's not a prospect. And it's I actually, true. I think, I think, it's true. I think there's, it's very true. I think if – I think it's probably what perspective you look at. It. If RDA lost, I'd be like, well, he lost to a wrestler, and that's a bad matchup for right. him, and that's the end of the world. You know, it's not the end of the world. Whereas if Kevin Lee lost, I'd sort of be like, shit, your options are very well, rapidly say, decreasing. <laughs> you know. yeah. Can you go bantamweight, dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? what's interesting is, is I hear you say that. You know what? Because I, I, I do feel, like I said, I think it's an interesting matchup. It's almost like the winner will still have question marks. But the loser yes. will be in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah. The loser is like, well, we know everything we need to know about oh, this guy now. Oh, man. I hadn't even thought about it that way because yeah. like, I thought about, you know, kind of pauses both ways. But the winners, it's like the winner's still going to have something to prove. Like, 100%. if you're Kevin Lee, you're like, yeah, but you beat this dude that's fading. Come on, man. Yeah. We don't even know if you still belong here. Meanwhile, if RDA wins, like, yeah, bro, you beat a lightweight. Yeah. You just can't cut weight properly. Yeah. That's it's, 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 I really feel like both of them. I, it's only when you started saying that about RDA that I actually thought, well, shit, maybe the stakes are kind of higher than I thought here. I really do think that it. Yeah. I think if Kevin Lee loses and if he loses I really think he's in like a very weird spot so then what does he do goes back it's true it's almost like when Pettis dropped to featherweight to try and reboost it and then he fucked it up entirely Mm -hmm. and had to move back up it's kind of like well now you're just in a shitty spot in two divisions all right, let's do this uh, because the situation is we need to get some more uh, latchkey beer out I here. I should probably yeah. drain a little bit of the yeah. previous well, latch. Well, I felt that might be happening as well. So <laughs> I, I, I have been <laughs> squirming in this seat for an hour. See, I was going to try to set it up a little more gently than I that. Very but yes. ne- I very nearly text Kenny be like, we are having a bath. We all have <laughs> business to take care of. So uh, let's do this. Uh, Matt Erickson is up in Rochester, and he had a chance to speak to uh, Kevin Lee after his open workouts. And I figured let's, uh, let's hear what the Motown Phenom sounds like right now. Uh, so you don't have to hear what, what we're doing here in Las Vegas. <laughs> Talk about the mindset this week, man, being up, you know, 15 pounds, not having to worry about that extra weight. Yeah, I mean, it definitely adds, it helps add to it. I'm in a little bit better mood. You can probably tell, like, right out the gate, you go back and you look at some of the old ones. I'm about, you know, 
uh, about the same weight, but I know I got that big cut ahead of me, which is really unnecessary. Uh, I feel like the UFC is slowly taking the steps in the right direction on, on getting rid of this weight cut. And this sport is dangerous enough as it is. It doesn't make any sense that we got to dehydrate ourselves and put our health at risk and not give the, the, the fans and the folks the fight that they should get. Uh, I feel like that's what I'm going to give to them this week by not having to fight the scale before getting in there and f having to fight somebody like Dos Anjos. And it's only going to be a benefit. Do you feel like you're, you're about the same weight right now on Wednesday if I would, that you would be when you were cutting 155? Yeah, I mean, my, plus or minus one or two pounds. But when you look at plus 15 pounds uh, that I would have had to cut, uh, you, you, you'll you really be able to see the difference come fight night, I think. Were you happier all throughout training camp knowing that you weren't going to have to deal with this? You could you know maybe stay a little bit heavier? Yeah, I mean, I, I was mostly happy that I get to focus 100% on Dos Anjos. Uh, he's the first former world champion that I'm going up against. So he got my full undivided attention, and I gave him that respect too. Uh, going against somebody like him, you got to be dialed in at all times. You know, it, it did help not having to think about oh, am I going to make it, or oh, I have to take these extra steps in order to, to, to kill myself to make it. Uh, that, that definitely helps, and I, and I think it's going to shine through. Too early to say that you're staying here? You're staying at 170 for good? Or do you have to see how it goes on Saturday? There's a lot of good options at 170. There's a lot of good fights uh, to be had after this one. You know, you got, you got Askren, uh, you got Kobe, you got uh, Kamaru Usman, who I'm really chasing for. Uh, so all of them right there, I mean, and then when you, when you add in guys like Pettis, Nate Diaz, uh, Jorge Masvidal, it, it's a lot of talent up here, and uh, it, it's a lot to entice me to get to stay. And uh, especially with the way things have been going this week, I'm kind of liking it. You mentioned that UFC's new to Rochester when you spoke to the fans out there. With that said, how much of an opportunity does that give for you to make the first impression, really, on a big scale? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be big for us. Uh, you know, just to, just to spread MMA to a broader community. You know, it, it, at least in my eyes, uh, I look at it from the place where I'm from, uh, Detroit, and I always carry that on my back. And, you know, I want to just show a different avenue of, of if I'm being perfectly honest, the, the black community hasn't yet got into MMA yet. They don't really understand it yet. So, so for me to go out and showcase what I do, there might be a kid who's looking up to what he wants to do in the future. Uh, so the more places that, that we get to go and we get to see and, and see these places like Rochester, uh, this is the perfect fight for me to go out and showcase my skills. And uh, it, I, I think it'll open a lot of people's eyes. Kevin, it took, it took 20 years for MMA to get legalized in New York. It's a long fight. What does it mean just in the big picture to finally get a state as big as New York, as prominent mm -hmm. a boxing state as New York was? Now it's all under, every, it's, it's legal everywhere now. Is it, for all the athletes, is it, was that a big thing for the news? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it goes with the, with the evolution of the sport. Uh, this is the one of the most brutal sports in, in the world, and it, it's one of the most beautiful at the same time. Uh, you know, it's got more variables than boxing. I think fans around the world consider it to be a lot more exciting than boxing. You really never know what's going to happen. And it symbolizes a true fight. You know, for, for, for young kids or, or whoever is interested in the sports and, and, and interested in martial arts and what does it take to take another man out, uh, you know, I think everybody, every man especially, we, we all kind of have those questions about ourselves. Uh, and, you know, mixed martial arts with a, a, a more wide range of what you can do, it, it, really, uh, it, it really helps signify what, what's a real fight like. So I think people, people all around the world love it. And New York, y'all just not getting no bored. It's a little old school out here. I've been out here for a couple of days now, and uh, we need to pump some new money into the into the economy. So 
I'm, I'm happy to help. <laughs> Talk a little bit about what RDA brings to the table. I mean, obviously you mentioned he's a former champ, and he looked great when he came up to 170. And Maybe he's slowed down a little bit his last couple of fights. So talk a little bit about uh, what challenges he presents for you. You know, he, he's a former world champion. Uh, and you really can't take that away from him. He's going to be that until the day that he dies. Uh, and, and just to have that accolade next to him, it just shows what kind of heart he got even to get to the top. And I know even though he, he you know, you say he might have slipped up his last couple of fights, a guy like him is just going to use that as experience to go out there. And I know he, he's like a caged animal. Uh, when you got the lion backed up, that's when he's most dangerous. So I'm expecting a very, very dangerous Dos Anjos. Uh, he's very, very aggressive. He's going to come for it. He's going to get in my face. But that's the type of fight that I want. Uh, I haven't yet gave the UFC and uh, the, the people who have watched me grow up in this sport, I haven't gave them that real barn burner of a fight where I'm bloodied and the guy's bloody. And, you know, it's, it, it's just like a, a really drag on my fight. And I think Dos Anjos might get that to me. So I'm... Every day I get a little bit more, more excited about that. So I, I'm expecting a hell of a fight. All right, so that was Kevin Lee, man. You, you, can, you can hear right away in his voice how much, uh, how much better he sounds not being mired in a weight cut. I'm the only one that heard that, obviously, because the other guys are going to the bathroom right now. Me, I'm loading up on my uh, evil Morty's brown hoppy brown five percent from latchkey brewing fantastic stuff we're getting the cups full uh i did like it as well the kevin lee the subtle dig at the rochester community there being old school and needing a little money pumped into the economy which he's going to handle kevin lee's always got a little bit of swagger but i do i gotta say i love his attitude not being in this uh this nasty weight cut man i really do feel like this is the right weight class for him i kind of do wish they would have done the 165 thing but rda wasn't down for that uh, but uh, and I and I get it why, but it would have been cool. All right, so listen, we heard from Kevin Lee uh, while we finished getting reset up here. Let's hear from uh, Rafael dos Anjos as well. He had a, he had a few things to say at the uh, open workout as well, which our own Matt Erickson attended. So thank you to him for uh, setting this up. This feels like a really, really, really important fight for you. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I think every fight is the fight of your life. Uh, my first fight in UFC was a fight of my life. My title fight was a fight of my life. So this one's not different. And as always, I, I, I work hard. And I'm not that type of guy that sit on my sofa and, and you know, ask God to do the, all the job. And, I, you know, I, 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 work, I work hard for it. And so for that one, will not be different. You know, I'm, I'm more than ready for this fight. You've, uh, you've had to come off of back-to-back losses before and you've responded well in those situations uh, is there something about being kind of backed into a corner that makes you respond a little differently come fight night yeah no, you know like uh, I think we you know it's uh, I've been on this situation on my UFC debut I lost two in a row and as I move up wait right before I move up I lost two in a row too uh, lost my title and I lost the follow-up fight and I was always was able to keep, you know, get good win streak. And you know, this time is not different. Uh, I'm, uh, I've been, I have five fights on this new division, three wins, two losses, and but two losses for you know former champion, no, no, current champion and interim champion, you know, for the toppest guy on the division. And, but you know, looking forward for Saturday night and get back on on that win track. How much of it is a, a how much of a motivation is it for you as you move forward, knowing that Kamaru has the title and that 
know, you're essentially working toward getting a rematch with him. Yeah, I know, one step at a time, but of course, that's something that I'm looking forward to in the future. And I would love to get that rematch. I know it's all a, all a matter of uh, opportunity. It's not, not, uh, it's not always, you know, the fastest guy that win the race. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you can count on a little luck. You know, God change your luck and change your life somehow. And I, I will be ready for, for, for the opportunity. Not, not always the best fighter is the champion, you know. And I think things can change. And if the opportunity come up on my lap, I will, I will take advantage of it. You said out there that, you know, about talking about the journey and how long you've been in this game. That hunger when you're coming up is, is strong. I mean, you wanna, you wanna prove yourself. Where do you get the hunger now that you've been to the mountaintop and you're kind of climbing back? Yeah, man, that, that, that's, that's the, you know, the, that's the hunger coming from. I, I'm climbing back, you know, I wanna get back in there. That's, that's what I'm looking for. And I got a seven-month-old baby at home, and you know uh, I don't come from from my wealthy family, and and I, I gotta work out. I gotta make things work out for my family. You know I gotta provide for the family, and I'm you know I'm the only one, and and I gotta I gotta make it work. You know I like like I said coming off, of, I'm not in a good situation right now. Coming off of two losses back to back. But I know, I know I'm capable to, to turn, turn things around. Tell me a little bit about um, you know, what Kevin brings to the table as an opponent and kind of what you thought when they called you and said, hey, this is what the fight is. Yeah, we walk out with some other options. Uh, Ponzi Nibiu, uh, Mars Vidal, and even uh, Sean called me, called me and said, hey, Nick, Nick is, might be, Nick Diaz is, might be interested in a fight with you. And, but things did not work out, and I don't know the only name that they threw for me was Kevin, and you know he's a top contender, a lightweight, coming up division, and you know I, I can't sit on my sofa and waiting for the perfect fight. You know I gotta work. You know fighters gotta be active. I don't have any injury, nothing to hold me back. You know, and I wanna be active. I wanna fight, and you know he's a tough guy, good wrestler, good good jujitsu. Very good, well-rounded fighter, but I don't think uh, for he's not gonna have the the size advantage on this fight. We're gonna be pretty size up, and it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be a good fight. You know what it's like to move up from 155 to 170. It's only been a couple of years since you did it. Uh, does it help you kind of get inside his head, knowing what you might be going through? This yeah, fight? yeah. Uh, I knew. I know. I know. Uh, I know what I passed. I know. Like uh, I thought. Uh, not cutting down those 15 extra pounds would get my cardio better, but it's, it took my while to make the, the adjustments on that division. Uh, when I fought Safedin, it's, it's different, man. You're, being, you're heavier and you have to cut those extra 15 pounds. And it's, it's healthier for you, but cardio-wise, uh, I fell. I, I had to make adjustments. And when I fought Safedin, I, I, I was only three rounds fight. I got really tired. And I know he's gonna come strong on the first round, second, but you know I'm ready to capitalize in every mistake he makes and take the win back home. Knowing that you need to put, uh, start to put a, a winning streak back together again, what do you think of him as the kind of name that will, will do that for you? Obviously, he fought for an interim title back down at 155, so he's you know he's been in some big fights. Do you feel like 
he's the kind of name that starts to get you back on track and yeah yeah was you know was the only name that 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 came you know i was open to fight anybody but uh of course man a win it's always a win you know put you back in track and, and get that confidence back and you know be happy again and feeling that little taste of the victory you know it's it's good my last win was almost 18 months ago so i can't wait to have my arm my hands raised on the octagon That was Rafael dos Anjos. Guys, uh, now that we're all back in place, uh, just a couple quick things. N number one, I, I like the fact that, that RDA is admitting he's in a tough spot right now, man. I, I appreciate the fact that he can be honest about the position he's in. Um, I also thought it was interesting the way he mentioned that, uh, you know, he's done this move from 155 to 170 before. He understands it better and that he admitted, you know, the first time he was at 170, he thought – that his cardio would be better and that everything would be fine and that, like, it was this cure-all, you yeah. know, that all of a sudden you realize, oh, shit, this this doesn't change everything. Like, I'm still I'm still in deep. Uh, I, I still got to, you know, I still got to push myself. I'm still tiring. I'm still doing this. Um, so, uh, you know, listen, we said it before the interviews, but I'm intrigued, man. I feel like there's a, a, a lot of variables. And um, I, I ended up picking Kevin Lee. Uh but I, I'm I, I'm really interested by this fight. I, I picked Kevin Lee as well, but it would it's one of those fights where it's like a resurgent Desanyos wouldn't surprise me either. Mm. Um, I I think we've we spoke so many times about the story of a fight, and I think the story of this fight is weight cuts. Aren't they crazy? You know, yeah, this whole, right. this, the, the whole even leading up into fight week. Every time this fight's been spoken about, it's about like, are they going to weigh in at 165 just for shits? You know, it's it's know. that's been like the weird story, yeah. right? And I think because of that, the actual aspect of the fight has sort of slipped away. But if you look at the fight, just physicality and the technique-wise, it's actually a very close fight, I think. And um, Right, so Kevin's been saying, oh, I'm the smaller guy, but I've been around Kevin Lee and I've been around Afadar Sanyo, so they don't seem that different to me. I agree. I mean, RDA is, dude, he's thick. He's like a fire yeah, hydrant, dude. He's yeah. thick. Yeah. But Kevin Lee's a big, uh, like a big dude. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're as different as people are making out. Like, I actually think they're like, it's one of those things where it's like when Holloway moved up to 155 before Dustin and you thought Holloway might be the big guy until they're in the cage next to each other shirtless and you're like, oh, he's the thickness of Poirier is so much more yep. noticeable. I think if like Kevin took nine months and lifted some weights and ate some food, he would be as thick as a lot of the other dudes. If he up would there. commit to one yeah, If he just, like as you said, said yeah. if he yeah. would, if he like, would just say, "I'm a welterweight." Yeah, I, I really, I really think he, he, he looks to have the body type that would just get big and thick very quickly, and then with his skill set of the wrestling, he's got very good boxing. I think he could be really interesting at that weight and I just like I said before it's like he seems to be sort of like uh, this fight you know a bit like Pettis was like I'll fight I Thompson and I agree I, I, I'm interested where we move forward from this what the result is and as you said will yeah. Kevin Lee move forward alright we got kind of an interesting main card so uh, the, it's it's an elevated it's a new co-main event uh, because of the shuffling uh, Ian Heinish versus Antonio Carlos Jr. shoe face uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big on shoe face but I like Ian Heinish too this yeah, is an Heinish intriguing is a fight beast. he is man he loves it the women's fight, I really love. Megan Anderson, it was originally on the prelims. Now that's up on the main card against Felicia Spencer, which, by the way, wow. Shout out to Latchkey Brewing you, for, can, this, for this fantastic episode. Is that, that that bee flying around the <laughs> microphone now? That was so weird. What was that, that audio? fucking bee. <laughs> uh, 
Megan Anderson <laughs> against Felicia Spencer, which, by the way, Felicia Spencer, she's she's the real. Bye, team. Felicia. I, I shout out to Lashkey Brewing Jesus one more time. Christ. I actually did pick Felicia Spencer in this fight. Uh, Vicente Luque versus Derek Kranz. I, dude, I will say this. You know, uh, we reported. We were the first ones to report that Neil Magny was out, and I and I'd heard about it. Uh, I will say this: when I heard he was out. The last thing that I ever thought was it was going to be a USADA issue with Neil right? Magny. I, know, yeah. I could not believe yeah, that. It's, it's actually weird we reached a point where, like, I remember it used to be like USADA. I'm like, oh, here we fucking go. But yeah. now with him, I'm like, oh, I feel bad for him. Yeah, like, come on, man. There's got to yeah. be something but, wrong. Dude, at this point with USADA, like, you read the comments, you're like, how that's absolutely not bullshit. You're just like, you know what? I don't know fuck all about steroids. Yeah, too much, too much. Despite all right. what you might think when you look at me. Oh, here we go. <laughs> You with your medium shirt over there. It's <laughs> <laughs> we got the trilogy with Nick Lentz and Charles Oliveira, which is crazy that they're fighting a third time. And then that is uh, crazy. La- la- <laughs> it is. Last I didn't thing even I think wanna- about that. Last thing I want to say on the on the main card: uh, Austin Hubbard versus Davi Hamos. Uh, I am a huge. I am big on Davi Ramos or Davi Hamos, if you want to use the Brazilian. Hamos. Yeah, I am. Hankins, be dude, damned. I think he is. I think he is legit. So, uh, I so real quick, I just I want to get your guys' thoughts on the main card. Anything like that, but I will say this: um, <laughs> out of what I'm looking, out of what I'm looking at, real quick. Um, I'm I'm really actually intrigued by Shoeface and Ian Heinish. Yeah. Uh, I do think Shoeface is legit, and uh, but I, I think Heinish is 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 man. He's incredibly durable. He's a tough dude. So I'm really intrigued by that fight. Hands. I think Shoeface should win that fight, yeah. uh, but Ian Heinish is tough. I picked Felicia Spencer. I'm really intrigued by this. This is a featherweight fight. I picked Felicia Spencer. It's cool. It's actually the two last. Uh, Invicta featherweight champion, so that's kind of cool. But I, I actually picked Felicia Spencer. I think she can win this fight. Um, and 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 again, like I said, I'm big on on Davi Ramos, man. I really think the Ramos. the ceiling for this guy is really really high. So out of that main card, Cold Coffee, what 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 are you most looking for? What, what what should people be looking out for? Try to uh, keep the grunts to a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I won't talk about the the fight. I want to talk about. <laughs> uh, Shit, I'll just go to the one that uh, I actually really didn't know that was happening on this card was the Oliver and Lenz fight. I loved every fight that those guys have happened. So that if I had to pick a fight on the main card that is probably one that I'll be excited to see, it's that one because I think Lenz has sort of he's a he's a different Nick Lenz than than the 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 Nick Lenz that's fought Charles in the past. But Charles also is just such a dangerous dude that just gets these fucking submission victories when he shouldn't get the victories. Hey, bro, we I have come so, to I have come to love Nick Lance both as a personality yeah. and his fighting skills. But I was actually writing a piece earlier today on Charles Oliveira. It was uh it was Christian Stein. It was like an yeah. interview he had done that I was writing it up. So it made me go back through and review. Charles Oliveira, four wins in a row, four performance bonuses in a row. I mean yeah. he's, dude, he's, he's on a roll, man. He's, he's, he's on a roll. He's he was twenty years old when he came to the UFC. He's been in the UFC for nine years at this point. Wow. And I don't know if they've changed his height finally yet. I always thought it was funny because he came into the USC and he was listed at 5'10". He's like 6'2 now because he grew while he because <laughs> he was hilarious. 20. When he, but it was so funny because he was always listed at 5'10". I'm like, that dude, I'm 5'10". That dude towers Wait, over yeah. me. Tapology has him as 5'10 right yeah, now. Yeah, he's like 6'2 now. What are the odds you can get of him saying, I want to move down a featherweight off? Oh, <laughs> please. <laughs> what are the yeah. odds? Speaking of weight classes, yeah, yeah, come yeah, on. Like, the, the odds he's going to say. Uh, <laughs> great fight. What about you, man? This main car, what are you, what are you, what are you most hyped about? Dude, I am a huge shoe face fan. Yeah. I think he's like... Super legit, and yeah. I actually think it's kind of criminal. It's taken him this long, and is still taking him this long to move up that division. I think he's 
fucking really good. I've watched him. I enjoy him. I think he's got like an interesting shtick. He's a yep. nice looking dude, I suppose. Good looking dude. And he's literally like one of the nicest guys. Yeah. That you get. And he speaks English. I mean, yeah. he's got everything that you uh, think a like, guy needs for, for to me, have it's, to, for to, me, to, it's to like be every, pushed up. Every time you see him fight, I'm like, oh, this is the one that propels him. Yep. And he never seems to get propelled. I don't know if it's because he doesn't fight as frequently as perhaps he maybe could you know he seems to fight like quite you know sort of here and there but it's for me i'm just like well this is a prospect that shouldn't be a prospect anymore i think he's a legit guy i i i I, I really think he's crushing dudes way below his level no disrespect i agree and dude uh i was in uh gosh where were we in kansas Uh, it was the jds fight uh shoe face was there as part of the camp uh a i got to see some of his practice which was cool him and him and louise doria invited me uh into the gym and got to see him working out which is great but you remember that was when that whole Yoel Romero, Paulo Boyashinia thing was going on. Romero was out. And, dude, he was calling for Boyashinia. He's like, give me this fight. He's yeah. like, I've trained with him, and he knows how it goes. Yeah. You know, like, and so, I mean, yeah. like, he's he he's not afraid to fight yeah. the best. I, I, for, for me, it's like, it's, it's actually weird. I really think he's a total package, and I find it very – Oh. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Latchkeeper one more time. It's like, it's like Jack Hermanson, like, beat someone, called a shot got his big fight I feel like that's where he's at I actually feel like him and Hermanson are very comparable that's interesting man you're right if he could do something impressive here I mean I know Heinish isn't the big name yet no, I think no, uh, as hardcores we all respect him no. but this is a co-main but, event but, slot but this what is... I mean is like you, you've got this platform yeah, like, let's, that... let, let's start like amping things up here because you know you can't just sit down and chew people up and you just stay no. around yeah, I, I really want to see a difference uh, Megan versus Felicia um, I don't know if I would pick Megan Anderson but I will say this is a must win fight there's you know there's a difference there but it's like she was the one they brought on to be you're the one who fights cyborg that's right. and you're the first like you know legit featherweight this cyborg fights yep. and then it didn't go away against holly uh, all this sort of stuff it's like well she bet it's kind of put up a shut up time i think i agree and i i, I like megan a lot for, so, for likewise like dude she's cool and and it, you know i the interview that uh matt erickson did with her a couple things that she said that i thought were awesome first of all I mean, dude, she's not afraid. And it's funny because she's not arrogant. She's not cocky. She's not delusional. But she says things like, listen, Amanda Nunes, we need to know what's going on with you. Like, you can't hang out forever. Like, tell us, are you defending this belt or not? I want to know. And and I thought that was legit. And also, her disdain for Macy Chieson, like, I hope they fight at some time yeah. because she's like, F you, we created an entire season to help fill this division and you bounced immediately, you know. Yeah. So I, I kind of yeah. want to see them fight at some point. Yeah, but like a, that'd like be a good a, fight. Uh, yeah. Macy's a beast. But <laughs> see, at the same time, this is where it gets a bit weird. Like Megan saying, "Amanda, what the fuck are you doing? We need to know." It's like, well, that works a lot better when you're winning, right? And that's so that's what I mean. Like, it, well, but at least I mean she's not like calling her out like because it's mine if you're not. But it, you know what I mean? Like I feel but, like she's like the the shepherd of the 145 division uh, but, saying, hey. Well, she's was, definitely been clamoring for more women right. in the division, and I respect that. But what I do think is if Megan wins, then hello, interim title, Cyborg and you are going to meet. That definitely seems... Oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Son, I should work for the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes a lot of, I, think, I hadn't even thought about that, but I, you're right. It makes a lot of sense. If Amanda's fighting Holly in July... I could easily see an interim title fight between Megan and Cyborg on July 27th. And I don't hate that. You know what? Actually, know, August I, 17th, Cyborg always fights in California. I know everybody bemoans interim titles, and I'm one of those two. Like, I'm not a fan of interim titles just for the sake of interim titles. But if you have a champ that is ruling over two divisions, obviously they can't fight. Because like, you'd like your champ to fight every four. four. You know, yeah. you'd like. 
okay, they can't fight every two months. You know what I mean? So if you're reigning over two divisions and you have an interim title holder who kind of helps things move along, like I'm okay with well, that. Well, without sounding too disparaging, right? It depends on the division. And I think the women's featherweight division is kind of looked at as, ah, oh, cyborgs in that division, right? So I think if you make an interim title fight with the implication being Cyborg will win this and fight Amanda Nunes next. I don't think many people are really... Like, if you're up in arms by that interim title fight, like, fucking take a day off. It's not that big a deal. Like, every, yeah. they're either going to have a fight Megan for an interim title or they're going to make a fight Amanda Nunes next anyway. So, like... That, dude, if you, if you gave Cyborg, like, say, maybe two fights as an interim champion and then did the rematch... I mean, that would be huge. I thought they were going to do the immediate rematch, to be honest. But um, now that it isn't happening, Amanda versus Holly, say what it is. It's like Holly's the last big name for Amanda uh, to beat. If Amanda beats Holly, greatest. I mean, you can't argue well, anymore, she, right? Already she already probably yeah, is. She right? already is. Okay, but, but you can't even argue. But anymore. like at this point, it's like she's beaten... Ra- you know, Chetanko, Rousey, Holly, L- Misha, all, the, all of the big names, basically. And then it would be... Cyborg again, so but that's besides point. Megan's got to beat Felicia first. I pick Felicia. We're going on. By the way, since you since we brought up real quick, greatest female ever. Uh, you're right. I do think it is a man at this point, and I think you know, it, it, whatever things could happen. But I do want to say, you know, this whole Ronda Rousey interview that came out, and people are kind of re-debating and stuff. Yeah. Uh, say skills, say whatever. But I will say this. Please don't anybody rewrite history that that Ronda was terrible or that Ronda never mattered. Like Ronda means something, man. Dude, she changed the game. It was so fun. Like it's, I was as pissed off as anyone when she sort of showed up with a chip on her shoulder, and I was kind of like, well, "What the fuck happened there?" Like it was, re- you know, it was very bizarre. The whole, and, and I was, I think it actually hurt Ronda that it happened the same time as Connor lost to Nate. Like it was very close, right. and the way he handled it and the way she handled it, it was like polar opposites. Yeah. And I think that because re- they were so linked together these two huge stars I think that really hurt her like she came across as this very and I think it's probably because she's a woman as well right I think people are like oh look at this sour bitch you know it's probably true I think there I is a little hate, I think, say it, but you're I think there's right. a little bit of that you know it really didn't help her and he came across as this businessman like we'll work again we'll go again yeah. so I think and if you look at like as, from an inside the media perspective if you look at the numbers Ronda draws they ain't there no, like really like like MMA as a whole is fucking done Moved with on. Ronda Rousey, like, and and quite happy to say it too. I think. Um, but I think the WWE universe has moved on beyond her as well. Well, she like <laughs> really, yeah. They hate well, now, too? Look, well, no, 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 no. But now they took the break. You know, she's wants to be a family. She talks shit about it for a while. You know, now yeah. Becky's reigning, the reigning that queen. storyline. Yeah, yeah um, Mark. So yeah, I just I I, I think she's say. probably. I'm. I'll be interesting to see if she ever goes back to the WWE at this. I, point. I think she will go back to the WWE, and also like it's, they, it's they need definitely to, easy on money the Brock for her. schedule like three or four times a year. Why or not? Something like that. But I mean, if, well, that, if she wants the baby first, then you never know. Yeah, right? yeah. But I think as far as rewriting history, like I will never. <laughs> I'll have to somewhat sense of this story but i'll never forget i was sitting at my apartment and i was waiting for a guy to show up to like start drinking with and uh it was her versus cat and i was like fuck man I, this guy's gonna get here and i'm not gonna be able to watch the fight and i was sitting there i was thinking god well ronda you know sometimes she crushes it and she smoked cat and yep. i was like oh my, like it, it was literally like you know they called it the mike tyson i think that's the closest i've ever felt to a mike tyson yeah. i was like she's just unstoppable yeah and then you know it, it just i remember that moment specifically being like oh my god this bitch is actually yeah. unbelievable and then 
the Holly home fight, I remember I thought she was going to smoke Holly and Styles, and then um, with the Amanda fight, it was kind of weird, and then as, within three seconds, you're like, oh, oh that's not going to go good. You're not Ronda anymore, you know? Yeah. No, I, think, I, just, I, just, I just hate the fact that everybody like, tries to like, minimize what she meant. Like, dude, she like, and I, and I think what stands out is like when you, to this day, when you talk to women on the roster and you ask them, what do you think about Ronda Rousey? Well, dude, they will all say, we owe her everything. A comp- she a, made this happen. A complete casual fan, a friend of mine called Tom Clark, he, he messaged me the other day about that uh, Alivi interview Ronda did where it was like, I think it was suggested that if Ronda had lost to Liz Carmouche, women's MMA would not be where it is. He went, is that true? And I was like, fuck yeah, Absolutely it's true. It's true. And he was like, what do you mean? Absolutely he was true. like, why? I was like, because Ronda was the perfect woman at the perfect time. Beautiful, fucking badass and the perfect fight style you know clean so every time like you couldn't have written a better woman for that moment in time and incidentally it's funny we talked about the wwe their whole women resurgent thing is whatever they say a direct respondent to ronda rousey's success in women's mma 1000 because, because for a while there i felt like ronda was one of the biggest sports athlete female sports athletes in the world she was for sure you know no if, you, if, shoot, I, I, if they're putting if they're putting you on sports illustrated if they're putting you on uh ring magazine conan, conan <laughs> o'brien ring magazine, ring magazine but, everything i mean it, like I it didn't the, get m- much bigger than the, that the, the crazy thing about ronda is how fast and how how fast it was up yeah. and how fast it was down it's literally one loss and she handled the loss bad and that was it if she did i ulterior universe or alternate universe i wonder how different the world would be if she Came to the press conference after the Holly home fight and went, she kicked my ass. Oh, I'm coming back and dude, I'm, beat, I'm beating her I next time. I just remember that moment thinking, like, just have her say, like, one paragraph. But can you, can you imagine if she came out and was like – or because remember they said about her jaw, she couldn't bite an apple. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry to the people listening. We're, like, really reminiscing here. But she came out or she couldn't bite an apple. And then she posted a video and she bit an apple. Imagine if she fucking came on, bit an apple, and spat it down on the floor and was like, yeah. See you soon, dude. People would have people would have loved it, but instead she just just never happened. So frustrating. All right. Anyway, sorry. Tangent there. Yeah. Thanks to Lashky Brewing. Coming uh, back to 2019. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the uh, prelims of uh, UFC on ESPN Plus 10. Uh, we'll we'll start with you, Oscar. All right. Uh, let me lay out just kind of what I'm most interested. Obviously, <laughs> do the feature fight there. Sajara Eubanks versus Aspen Ladd. I, I am keen on this. Uh, I love Sajara, man. I really do. I know she's been demonized a little bit because of her weight issues and all that, but I think she's legit. That said, I'm huge on the Aspen Lad bandwagon, so I I'm, I'm, I think I picked, you know, if I had to pick, we didn't have to, but I would pick Aspen Lad in this right. fight. I think she's going to win, um, but that that is nothing to diminish Sajara Eubanks' skills, man. I think she's legit, so I'm, I'm really, really excited for this fight. Um, I'm also, I, I got to say, you know, if I, if I look a little further on the card and, you know, no disrespect to anybody else here, uh, Des McGreen, the newcomer, Charles Rodin, uh, Michael Pereira, Danny Roberts, hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Got to <laughs> give it up. Got to give it up for that. Grant Dawson, yeah, Mike Trezano. I'm pe- <laughs> well, you wow. can't you can't accuse him of being sexist. Yes, he's, not he's at all. He's the women and the men. <laughs> Completely inappropriate. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Shout out to Lashley Brewing. Uh, Pat Cummins versus Ed Herman, man. I'm really stoked for that. Especially with That's Pat, an awesome fight. With Pat out here at Syndicate now, yeah. especially, man. I've had a chance to spend a lot more time around him than, than, than I have yeah. before. And he's just such a good dude, man. And we've always had a good relationship with him. But he's a good dude, man. And, uh, man, it feels like he's at this kind of 
uh, I don't want to say crossroad his career, but kind of this new chapter's career out here in Vegas. And, of course, Ed Herman, I mean, just the dude that's been around forever. Veteran right there. It's so there. funny because I, I remember – and, and we talked about it. And I think we even, we actually played the audio on this on, on the road show. But, you know, I had a PI interview with Pat Cummins. I remember when they at, they announced this match, and I was like, oh, Pat Cummins versus Ed Herman. And, like, my first question to him was going to be like, oh, they put you against the old guy. And then I realized, like, they're one month apart. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, like, Ed Herman just feels like he's been around forever, <laughs> man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, out of, no disrespect to anybody else on there, but I think um, out of Sajar, because Eubanks and Lad, like, that's a very, very meaningful fight right. uh, in the division. Uh, in, in fact, in two divisions, depending on what Eubanks does next. But um, but as far as outside of, like, real meaningful fights, just story and people I care about, uh, I'm excited for Cummins and, and Herman. Yeah, so for me, it's, it is Lad and Eubanks, and, and for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I remember Sajara got – you know, like you said, really demonized about the weight cut. But I remember she came back. Was that in MSG that happened? Because I remember, yep. yeah, same night Ben Askren got signed, right? She came back and she was so, like, basically unapologetic. And she was like, yeah, I love it. I love it. And that sort of endeared her to me. I was like, well, fuck it. At least she's taking it. Yep. So that sort of stuck her in my mind. And then, obviously, the whole thing with the title and stuff like that. Yeah, man. But with Aspen Lad, I get the sense that the UFC is sort of ready to stick a rocket on her back. I mean, it was originally Holly, Holly Holm, Holm, right? That right. was the, if they're matching with Holly yeah. Holm, they got your back. And hey, like ESPN have just done a thing on her. I just, I just feel like Aspen Lad, they're like ready, like you're the next one. Up yep. you go. So I just think like that's a very interesting fight for multiple reasons. Um, I do, like you said, I do pick Aspen Lad. Just I think skill wise, I think she's good. But she's very young as well. She's twenty four, I think. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, she's a baby. It's funny, the older I get, the more I'm like, these motherfuckers are so young. Like, I know, right? Till's younger than me, Kevin Lee's younger than me, Aspen's younger than me. I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> At this point in my life, everybody I meet is younger <laughs> yeah, but than for me, me I'm practically. Just like, <laughs> the, young, the, the more I talk to them, I'm like, you're how old? I no, I, I remember coming up in the business and then you're like interviewing people who are like your age, and then now I'm like, these kids. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I remember the first time I interviewed Kevin Lee, I was like, how old are you? He's like 25. I was like, it's never going to happen for me, is it? <laughs> 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 After that, like uh, Desmond Green. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested to see because he really wanted to be on this fight. Yeah, be, he's keyed in on uh, that dude. The uh, local uh, boys yeah, getting huge, the love. Huge, and you know Dana's got big, really high on him. After he beat uh, Ross Pearson, he was like adamant to be on this card. So I'm really interested to see that. Danny Roberts got got the UK ah, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I got. I'm, I'm interested to see how Danny does. I think he'll do well. I think he's he's an interesting guy. Patrick Cummins, I think, is always interesting, man. Yeah. He's always interesting. I think you literally have said every fight on the prelims. That's what you're that's into. Right. Four, that's what I skipped. And you know, the only one that's left for me to say I is the tri- Mike Trezano and Grant Dawson. That's right. I skipped that, and I skipped. You Zach. saved that one for me, and I skipped Zach Cummings and Julio no, Arce as well. Yeah. Well, uh, whatever. Enjoy it. <laughs> well, then if I if I had to pick one of the the last two, I'll say Trezano and Dawson. Uh, Dawson, a Dana White contender Dana White contender series veteran. Uh, now, uh, you know, I know, John, we've talked about this. Like, now I just don't pick against those guys. Yeah. No, nah, we, get, we get into following those contender yeah. series guys, I mean, the, man. the contender series guys are legit. I mean, like, there's I'm something about I, that. Those I guys are wait. beasts. I cannot wait for June 18th. I'm, I'm pretty excited for I, it as I well. I cannot wait for that to be at 10 straight weeks every Dude, Tuesday I, I'm night. Cause, I'm Because so, last summer I couldn't make it for right. whatever reason. Yeah. So I'm just really they excited. They are so much fun. They, they're, they're incredible fights. They're literally – there's not a lot of people there. It's 
It's quiet when the fights are happening. There's not a lot of bullshit. There's no loud DJs playing. In, no, no offense to AL3. I love you, bro. In the brand new facility, too. And the, the new Apex facility. facility. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been in the new, the, the new facility. And to see, uh, Tr- so Trezano, who hasn't lost, is undefeated. I think this is at a different weight class than what he typically fights at. Um, so this is going to be interesting. I think this is going to be good. I mean, like, this is this is like the uh, – you got the the contender series against the uh, ultimate, ultimate fighter. fighter. Dude, <laughs> that's, that's, the that's the next series. That's the next series. Series versus series. Yeah, it's just those who, two back. Who wins? They were gonna go. Dana, yeah. Remember they used to go like team versus team. Yeah. Now it's series versus series. Dana versus tough. I actually yeah. like that. I actually like that. But I mean, so that fight should be good. So um, yeah, I mean, this is actually a really good card. I mean, I'm guilty of saying. Uh, I will admit that. Uh, with so many fights, you don't really look at cards because well, no, but I, it's just a blur. But now that I'm actually that we've actually looked and we're talking about this card, this is a good card. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's easy this to look at a card, card, and I'm not trying to like white knight for the UFC here, but <laughs> like it's easy. It's uh, yeah, like they I mean, I'm not trying to suck Dana's dick or anything, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, I mean, oh my god, you even made the noises. <laughs> if I could fit my mouth around wow! this diamond. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Listen. All I'm saying is, I was going to send this to my father to listen to <laughs> This is especially for you, Dad. <laughs> wow. All I'm saying is, it's easy to look at a card sometimes and just blow it off. But well, then this Doppelbach is good. Okay. What percentage is this? 7.2%? <laughs> and now, do you want to give us your thoughts on Anderson Fisher? <laughs> oh. <or> no? <laughs> I think that's okay. Mm. Brilliant. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, we're off there. I, I don't even know where to go for this point. He's throwing me so off. Cold coffee. We can't get him under control. I don't know if this will ever be published because I don't know how he's going to edit at this point. <laughs> Somebody. I'm going to go get food and sober up before I try to edit unfortunately, this. Unfortunately, he's the one responsible for putting this on air. This is rivaling like New Orleans right now at this point. No. Uh, <laughs> I, will, I will give a shout out. Stephen Morocco, uh, that event that we covered in San Jose. San Jose. We're editing, all right. You know, when I'm editing, I don't want to listen. I'm just listening to the, the the video. I'm just just get it done, get it done. And he's across the table from me, and he starts playing this audio. I'm like, oh, that's my wait, that's my voice. I'm like, what is that you're playing? He's like, it's the New Orleans event. You said you've never went back and listened. I was like, <laughs> Stephen Rocco, the investigative reporter that loves to fucking poke fighters, was yeah, playing the video, the interview that I was just, or the, the episode that I was just like, bro, I don't even want to hear my drunken ass voice. And he's just playing. I'm like, man, you are a dick. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd but love then to. I remember thinking, like, I wasn't as, we weren't as bad as I thought. No. You sounded pretty good by the end of the episode. <laughs> I sounded like an absolute shit. See, show. that's fun. I'd love to hear a compilation of the beginning of the episodes and then the end of the oh, episode. It was bad. Like, by the time that we finished the, the taping, I think we finished taping before I almost got in the fight with the guy that was like swinging the dog <laughs> leash around oh, in the I middle of the normal. Don't even Street. explain it. It's even oh, better as a mystery. It was outrageous. And I remember that was the one because we went back to the room to edit, and I'm like passing. I was like passing out, falling asleep, and he's like tapping on me to wake me up to finish <laughs> editing. And I remember we were just like, I'm never gonna go back and w- listen to this episode, and I never did because I remembered in my head how bad it was. But Steven and then he listen. fucking played it across the way, and I'm just like, bro, skip ahead, skip well, ahead, Ken, that's, that's- skip ahead, skip ahead. And I was like, okay, that wasn't so bad. It's funny that you say I'm never gonna go back and listen to it because it's so bad. I feel like about that about everything I ever do in this business. Dude, I'm telling you, there's some there's some things, but no, this episode is never gonna be anywhere near like that was like epic. But I mean, we smelled like. I was going to say, we smelled like strip club and, and random New Orleans streets Thank God by you the didn't. end of it. I was going to say titties, but <laughs> okay. I didn't. I, I Thank kept God. It clean. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus. All right, well, listen. This Shout is- out to who? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Lasky Brewing again for the special delivery. Uh, listen, if you want more episodes like this, you're going to want to hit up Latchkey Brewing and say, hey, we support those MMA Roadshow people. We love what happens when you two collaborate on an episode. Yes. If you'd like something a little bit more return to form, don't hit them up yeah. so, that, so that cold coffee remains sober next time. In the meantime, thanks for listening.